It's cheating, I know, but it's episode 36. And why, what is a podcast without me having the opportunity to cut one conversation into two episodes? SH1T, coming to you live with a therapy session. intentions and found that there were none I blame my father for the wasted years we hardly talked never thought I would forget this hate then a phone call made me realize I'm right and then if I don't make it known that I've loved you all along Just like sunny days that we ignore Because we're all dumb and jaded And I hope to God I figure out what's wrong all right, man. Welcome back to part two of the conversation with Chris Morris Requiem. And at the behest of Stop my, I'm living the dream, man. At the behest of my younger brother, we are part twoing this. So, um, you know, I'm just gonna cut off the conversation and get into it. Uh, you posted a weird ass rant on Facebook, and that I put an Alex Jones like little thing on there because you know it sounded kind of retarded to me. What is going? Yeah. What? Why did you do something like that? Like, what is going on with that? You, you know, that's where. Uh, to be honest, it, it's like you were a mom. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Mom does a lot of stuff. Like, you need to love Jesus and you need to listen to Jesus. And that, that's kind of how. That's kind of how your rant was. So, what was that all about? Well, for me, it was. It was. Uh, it's just something that's been building up in me here lately because, like. It's like growing as a person and having knowledge of it right in front of you. But, I mean, if you lie a lot and you uh, scheme and, you know, uh, become uh, at peace with these kind of things, like looking at it as something wrong may not ever occur to you anymore, you know. And uh, so you might not see some of the minor details. What do you mean? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what you mean. Why would you post something like that on Facebook? Because it looks like you're calling somebody out specifically. So or calling something out specifically. Well, yeah, I'm calling out, uh, well, well, specific people in general. And not that I'm perfect either or I haven't done these same things in my life. You know, uh, of course, like like that's the reason why when I make posts and I make things like that, that I always talk about myself first and and uh, uh, admit the my wrongdoings and where I lack and where uh, my character flaws and where my structure flaws are, you know, my personal weaknesses, et cetera, um, first before I start picking on anyone else, especially when I feel like I'm addressing everyone. Because normally when I speak like that, like I'm addressing everyone. And I, I thought about my job recently at uh, um, the restaurant I was working at. And, uh, of course, if you listen to the first, po- first podcast, you know where it's at. But I Tootsies. don't want to talk about it for a specific reason now. But <laughs> I fucking love you, Seth. But um, so I was working in the place for about four months. And, Tootsies. you know. Uh, Go, keep going. 
people the people there just you know they they're just angry you know like they all long story short they all were looking for acceptance and looking for um you know just to be appreciated and you know you got a boss that comes out and yells at you you know in the middle uh, of lunch with customers and he's a fucking alcoholic and you know you can't fucking backhand him because laws prevent you from backhanding someone who treats you like shit and they're protected by it and you're also uh economically uh um fearful against retaliating in ways like this because you may not get your paycheck on Friday. You may not be able to buy your kids food. And I understand why everyone weighs the cost and why you got to pick your pick and choose your battles. But for me, I guess a person who was being poked with a stick, kind of like Lee, uh, our older brother, and just the way people have been treating me my entire life, you know, like I, I just finally snapped and fucking had enough. So it was a Thursday at work. I mean, uh, Coming in the evening, you know, working all day, and, and, and this was my plan this year because, you know, like I said, saving up for Germany, et cetera. We already talked about all that stuff, but um, um, I was really upset because, I mean, it doesn't matter what you do. It's not good enough. It, it's never clean enough. It's never – you never did enough just because people are upset because they, they don't feel appreciated in their life. They don't feel like they have a title or status that matters, and their job is to be a servant. So, I mean, like, say say if you're a girl, whether it was your fault or not, you know, you're coming home every day uh, from a job where all all is, ma'am, get this, you know, sir, get this, et cetera. And then you come home and you're a parent, and then it's, mom, I need this, mom, I need that. You just feel like you're a slave, I bet, like like internally. You know, you don't feel happy. You don't feel sufficient. And that can wear on, on poor people especially, you know, especially the poor in these kind of situations. You know, not let alone that uh, whether you had money or not, but – I mean, at least if you have money, it frees up your time to hey. do whatever the fuck you want. Okay, okay, okay. And, Here, t- sorry to interrupt. Why? Okay, yeah. two questions. Why do you care about what other people think? And second question: Why are you phrasing things in the sense that there's this overall arching power that's fighting out to get you, like victimhood mentality? I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. So go back to the first answer: Why do you care what other people think? And then number two: Why are you phrasing it in such a manner that you're the victim in this situation? Okay, uh, so why do I care what people think? Yep. Um, I don't know. Uh, for me, I guess it's because I was always picked on. That would solve a lot uh, of your problems if you did. Yeah, yeah. I was... Go keep well, going. I, I'm just, I'm just being yeah, honest yeah, explain, about it. Maybe explain. That's, but yeah, maybe that's the reason why why I uh, um, explain things the way I do. Or because like I'm, I'm I'm a bottler. You know, like I really don't like to complain much. Really don't like to talk much. But but when I when I make a statement. It's it's normally uh, pretty serious, you know. Like like I've, I'm at a at a point where I'm fed up and I cannot take it anymore because of the stress. Because for me, when I go through the rigors of stress and what that creates for for me, it's very difficult for Chris Morris and his human shell to deal with that because I've uh, you know because of just childhood trauma and things I went through. Now, I mean, uh, just just not a thing. Um, yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm rambling again, brother. So, oh, so what, what was the question? The question is, is why do you care what other people think? And they, you kind of address that because you're blamed. Like, it, you just kind yeah. of grew up that way. But well, I guess not. I'm, I'm, I'm not caring so much anymore. And I think that's where I was going with in, in the, uh, what I was saying. So um, let's go to the next question. Then I'll finish up about the rest. Why of are you phrasing it like you're a victim? Why are you phrasing your uh, statements like phrase- you're a victim? Well, because I guess, I guess I was a victim of it, but in, in, I guess in, in a sense as well, I mean, to be truthfully honest, I allowed it to happen. You know, I allowed people to treat me this way and not uh, tell someone it was unacceptable, kind of like you, your your opinion about McDonald's when you're talking about it, you know, like uh, 
that's the way they treat people that work at restaurants, you know. Like I, I finally had enough. Like I'm like, no matter what it costs me, even though I know to everyone else it's going to be a dumb decision, and I'm gonna, I'm really going to suffer because of this. I will not let you treat me like this anymore. Good. Like like I'm tired of it. You know, like I've had a fucking enough. It is not okay for you to come out of your office because you're an alcoholic and you got your own personal problems. Not that he, uh, long story short, I think I talked about this earlier in the podcast. He's a great guy. You know, personally, there's a lot of great qualities about him. And the things that I'm referring to are, uh, the darkest parts, you know, the, the, the worst effects, like this is not like who this person is all the time. So don't be too judgmental of them, uh, or myself, you know, but, uh, um, yeah, like it's, it's not okay for you to come out and just fucking yell at me. Uh, in the middle of a shift because you're a fucking alcoholic and you don't observe every little detail of your restaurant the way you should. Your your people all have uh, substance abuse problems and they don't get enough sleep and they don't feel appreciated. And uh, at work, it's, it reminds me so much of being a kid like Matt. At work, it's just a frantic situation. Like people aren't working. They're doing assignments hoping that uh, he doesn't come in there and just fucking start yelling and screaming and ruin everybody's day. They just want to be able to get through their fucking day because they're they're working for minimal money. There's not really much gain, even if they would quit all their habits. You know, it would still take a while to stack up and go on a trip to Germany or, you know, uh, plan a trip, uh, go to college, whatever it is, if they wanted to pay for it themselves. Or, you know, they can suck the dick with interest. But, you know, and, and, then, and then to have the audacity to blame it on them and say it's their problem and it's their fault that you're that way. You're so fucked up that you, you can't see past your ego and the person that you need to be presentable to in public, which I also uh, understand that and could definitely mirror that in my own situation, um, and treat them like garbage, like they're trash, like they're expendable to you just because you're rich and you have money and you don't have you don't have to 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 care about their time because if it's not a necessity to your bottom line and you creating money to generate for your substance abuse problem or for your personal pleasures, traveling, your kids' college fund, et cetera, it doesn't fucking matter to you. But once again, why does does it matter? Why do you care what other people's interpretation of the world is? Or why do you care how the other people treat whatever? Why don't you just distance yourself from no, that situation I, or worry about what you can worry about? I about what I'm saying, Seth. Like, and, and I but, yeah, you, I might uh, be, miss, me I might be me missing the point. Yeah, you're missing something. I'm not claiming to be a victim. I'm not uh, claiming to be uh, a product of my environment. I'm not claiming that the trauma and the abuse that I experienced as a child, although relevantly affects my character and uh, flaws and decision making and uh, you know uh, social skills, etc. Not that that doesn't have a natural effect on me. I'm not blaming or or giving excuses. I'm just saying, fuck you to the goddamn world. Like, how fucking dare you think in your own goddamn mind that it's okay to treat people like this, you know? And and, and you get away with it every day, and, and the laws protect you to be this way, you know? Like, there there is no uh, punishment for you being a fucked up person, you know, and just treating people uh, shitty and in general. Are you, um, a, because, are you a Democrat? Uh, for the almighty dollar, everyone has to bow and worship you, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like this woman that worked up there, Pat, I mean, the woman worked for him all night, uh, all day at the restaurant, and then watches and raises his kids basically i mean not that he doesn't raise them i mean but anytime he's not around and, and uh they need uh, an adult to be there uh he she's the one who's assigned to take care of him she makes sure they they do their chores do their homework you know make sure they get a shower and go to bed because he's up there working the restaurant trying to make money and uh you know prepare for their college etc like most parents do 
You know, he's a great father. Like, like the man's a great father. But just because you're fucking angry and you got an alcohol problem, like, like how fucking dare you come out and just call her in front of people because you're stressed out because you don't not really, really know every detail of your business and you're too busy partying to pay attention to the details and you blame it on your employees and just yell at her in front of people and belittle her. You know, that woman would take a bullet for you and I know that she would. I know that she fucking would. Wham. And to treat her like that, and, and to treat her like that, stop interrupting me. I, I need a minute to rant. <laughs> to treat her like that, to treat her like that is fucked up and wrong. And and for you not to acknowledge that that's an issue or problem, and you not not to have an issue or problem with it is fucking wrong and narcissistic. And I get that we're all fucked up, but fuck you for that. No fucking more. I, I couldn't deal with it. You know, like like you can't go up and and knock them the fuck out, which would probably be a good thing. But hey, man, look, no disrespect, love you. Still gonna work for you. You're still boss, but that was fucked up, and you deserve that. Check your shit, man. You can't talk to her like that. That woman's too important to you, and she deserves more respect than that. Get your shit together. Wipe off your nose. Go back in the office. Run your numbers. Come on, get your shit together. Get some sleep. You know, go home. Get a good night's rest. Don't do fucking what you do every night. You know, but my vagina. You know, like prepare yourself. You're trying to create another you. So give them your best. Like, like I see all the all the the mental mental problems and handicaps that all these people have. Like this one kid in the back's a great chef, but he has a temper problem, and he he needs that pat on the head. You know what I'm saying? But you can't reinforce that just because you don't want to deal with it no more. You know, fix the problem. Fix the fucking problem. You have two fryers down. Get things down to a fucking timer. Make sure that shit runs in order the way you want it to. Don't come in yelling, screaming, throwing shit, making disorder because you're fucked up and you're worried that it's hurting your bottom line because you're trying to – everything's used about profit. Back to my original you know, your point. Your investment has a lot to do with people. Back to my you know, original I point. restaurants better than anyone. Back to my original I, I'm, point. I'm going – Jordan Peterson, right? You, you uh, listened to him recently. If you read Admiral – In your closet. I said that in my, my post. Yeah, 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 exactly. I said that in my Facebook. But post, if you, if you, which I haven't talked about yet. Look, but hey, look. There's two things we're we're going off on tangents, and here's two tangents I'll send you to. You can yeah. go blah 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 blah. But like, I'm fucked up. I'm this, that, I'm the other. But comma, however, no, whatever. No, I'm not saying that. I'm, the, I'm no, no, no. That that's to, exactly. But it is what it is. Oh, what oh, you're no, saying. Sorry. Yeah, you. You can't. You can't have that. I'm uh, really hyped up right now. Oh, good, good. Be hyped up. But you can't have that. Uh, that uh, caveat, right? You can't say blah, 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 but nobody pays attention to the blah, blah, blah. You can say I'm the worst person in the world, I suck at life, I'm Angela Merkel, I'm whatever, whatever, but you suck too. All they hear is that you suck too, right? So all anyone heard the last 12 minutes of the podcast was you ragging on your boss that you think you could do that job better, right? And so somebody's counter would be to you, then why don't you have a job? Why don't you... Why don't you own a restaurant? Why don't you ever... What did you do in your life that fucked you up so bad that you can't run a restaurant by yourself? And if why aren't you in a position to be a manager of a situation or do whatever or, or whatever? That would be my response. My response to you in this whole situation is make your bed first, right? Admiral McRaven, Admiral McRaven will tell you this. Jordan uh-huh. Peterson will tell you this. I don't know what that background noise is, but it is what it is. There's they, a car passing by. Yeah. They tell you to make your bed first. So you worry about you. And then you don't you don't worry about anybody else. You don't worry about Pat. You don't worry about the manager at Tupsies. You don't worry about any of that shit. You worry about you. You. 
That's well, what you care about. Here's the thing, you hit those no, miles. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on all that stuff, but that to me, that's a whole separate issue. And How so? It How so? From uh, the way that I wanted uh, to explain things, but see, if you tell people what they're supposed to get out of this, it ruins it for them. And that's for me to know. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, and, and just to address it, since we're already on the subject, what I'm saying is, if someone listens to that and that's all that they heard, you know, if that's all that they're now, that's I, all they I, will I hear, hear. Both sides and everything. So that's why when I explain things, as I mentioned earlier, like four times, and at the beginning of my Facebook post. I always speak with humility. Yes, like Jordan Peterson said, and I even quoted him in the comment if you'd read it. And, and well, of course you read it. Nope. But anyway, if you remembered, and uh, I said, thank you, Mr. Peterson. You know, I got to make my own, uh, 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 fix my own uh, problem first before I start attaching myself to giant socialism. And that's the, the end. Shut the fuck important. up after that. That's the end of it. Be done with it. Like I just said, you can't go, you can't say Jordan Peterson, Joe Rogan, Bill Burr. You know, name your philosopher, mm -hmm. Socrates, you know, they said this and yay is me and so on and so forth. But comma, you know, my boss is fucked up. That's all they heard was that your boss is fucked up and that you're bitching about your boss. That's all they well, heard. I guess, I guess that's your opinion. And I definitely I definitely agree with that somewhat. Uh, I think that a lot of people might get that. But um, it, it, it leads to more of uh Ah, gosh, man, and going, going, just get my mind all over. Do it. I just, I'm sorry. Yeah, I go ahead. To finish what I had to say. I wanted to finish, finish what I had to say. Finish, finish, so finish. I could, I could say it the way I needed to say it. it. Hey, the, the, the podcast, the saying. podcast like, was not, getting too liberal, getting too Democrat for me, so I had to interject. It was just, <laughs> but continue, please, sir. Please, please socialize me. Uh, you're right, Give me a, that's a that's so SJW cool. me. But I'm trying to. So, but you, you, you got to let me be me. Let me grow my own time, man. Like you do, you I boo boo. Democratic of me, but you do you. I need this for me. I understand it's your podcast, but I need this for me because sure. no one will ever really just fucking listen to me and hear me out. Hey, guess like, what? Like, I'm gonna I listen. I'll never get that fucking chance just to talk. Talk, and I know talk, and I'm going to listen to this podcast as well. So go ahead, go. Go, do it. Yeah, yeah. good. Well, you, you keep popping in <laughs> the background. But um, anyway, um, no, I understand. Stay in my own lane. Worry about me. But I'm just saying, like, like, no one stood up and said a word to the guy. Nobody. Not anybody sitting at the bar. Not any of the employees. Not anybody else. And I understand there's a lot of risk involved when you make a bold decision like that, and I and I, I decided to step up no matter what it cost me. What I'm saying is for me, that helped me grow as a person and listening to people like Jordan Peterson and things like that, starting to address these things in my life no matter how drastic they may be. So that's a good move. That's you know good. I, I support uh, that. You know what I'm saying? That, that's that's what I'm talking about. You know, like I, I, I wanted to, to just continue on my thoughts and feelings and then talk about my overall approach to it, and I was going to address all these things, but – you know, I understand why you interrupted me. Maybe it was bugging the fuck out of you, and I apologize for that, you know, but I was uh, uh, ranting because – but there was a point. But that's my point, you know what I'm saying? I, I had to address this for me because I allowed other people to treat me that way, you know, disrespect me, fucking walk all over me, and I was too scared to fucking stand up to them, so I just fell into like a, a, a lie. Like I think that creates a mental state uh, uh, for people to, uh, to believe all those things that are, people are saying about them and feel un insignificant and worthless. Like I, my, my biggest flaw in my life was I believed, I truly believed that I couldn't be a champion, that I needed someone's permission to, to, to be great and excel. You know, like, like I, I love one thing that Peterson said as well, and yes, this is ranting, but he said, you know, it, it's amazing how, how uh, little encouragement men need, and I just needed a little encouragement. But everyone, all everyone wanted to do was just shit on me. Even when I wanted to try, it's like, oh, well, you, you ain't going to do it anyway. You're just a piece of shit. 
To be honest, you, know, you don't mom, need mom, you don't need any encouragement. Time. You need no encouragement. To be honest, if you my, are my, truly if you're truly a man, mom, listen, 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 listen. If you're truly lean towards the masculine perception that Peterson's trying to espouse, you have to find your way, right? You have to. It, there's there can be no light at the end of the tunnel. There could be none. You still find a way. That's what you do. And so you don't need encouragement. Yes, everybody needs encouragement. Yes, you need to build up. And yes, I, I totally agree that our childhood was fucked up. I am 1,000% on with you. And guess what? Your childhood was twice as fucked up as mine was. Because you actually had this ethereal father figure that was just outside your... I never had one, right? Mine was Matt. And he was just all jacked up and whatever the case is. But you had another one that rejected you. And that's even doubly fucked up. So I kind I get it. I get it why you're behind the power Ooh. curve when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like, I, I don't yeah. empathize because I'm horrible in empathy, but I understand. Yeah, I, understand, I get like, it. Especially like now. Because what I was trying to do, and that's why I explained to you why I needed to break and wanted to formulate my thoughts and opinions, was because for me, this is something that I needed. It's almost, it's almost like a shout-out to the world. But at the same time, I want to follow up with it. Like I like I don't want to hit the brakes on it, you know. Yeah. And yes, I'm, I need I need help in that. Good. So that's why like I need I need a I need like it, I don't care if it takes me 30 minutes to to say everything I need to say. Do it. Like I, I need that time to say it. So so if you'll allow it, I would love to finish and and uh, bring it, motherfucker. You know, and I get so hyped up in these in these damn situations. But I'm sitting there looking at it, and nobody at the bar stands up and fucking does anything about it, and it bothered me. It really fucking bothered me, and because I'm afraid. I sit, I sit and really evaluate my thought process on that. You know, I'm going to allow a woman of who deserves the utmost respect, even though, even if she doesn't get it to me. It mattered to me, Chris fucking Morris. This was Chris Morris's thought and his 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 way of existing in my mind and my time frame at the time. I thought that was fucked up, and I really sat back and thought and evaluated the situation and, and what it was. And I realized that I wasn't doing that because I was afraid to not get my fucking paycheck on Friday. So I wouldn't be economically stranded. I was like, I was like, what a fucking pussy! What, what, what a not man! What a fucking coward! For for Chris Morris, I saw that as a character flaw that was worthy of like death. You know what I'm saying? To me, like like a person who who caps out like that and just never steps up. I understand you pick your battles and stuff like that, but that, that that's that's such a pussy. That's such a worthless person. That's such a scared person. Like 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 to, to not do anything. You know, he, he's back there fucking selling crawfish and shit that's not even live and real. And he's telling people it's real and live and, and selling it to him for fucking twenty four ninety nine. Allegedly. And these allegedly. Have no fucking money. Allegedly. 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 Okay, allegedly. I allegedly. believe. Right. I believe. I don't want you to get but, sued. Um, and <laughs> I, I, go, I go on with it because I get tipped because of that. You know what I'm saying? I'm lying, lying to people to their face because I'm, I'm afraid of Allegedly. 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 You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was like, man, I don't, I don't like that. So I I manned the fuck up in a way that, like, I just, I, I've only done a few times in my life. I think the first time, one of the first times I remember was when I confessed to you about stealing the money. And then in this time, well played, sir. Uh, I, I, knew, I knew that it was going to cost me my fucking job. You know, I, I knew it was. I knew from the beginning. I told I called everyone out on their bullshit because you don't understand, Seth. I'm working uh, that Thursday I was talking about, which now I'm finally finishing up to. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working on this shit, guys. But um, I was I was at work and and everybody's yelling and screaming like the bartender. She just wants to feel appreciated. She doesn't get enough sleep, so she's taking her fucking whole day out on me. But in her mind, 
She's creating this as a real problem. These things are really happening, and she's making it my fucking issue. And I'm done with that shit. I am done with that shit. I am polite and courteous to everyone I encounter and deal with. You will treat me with the same goddamn respect, or I will fucking backhand you. I was at that point. I was ready to backhand a girl at the bar. I was ready to punch my fucking boss and elbow him in the face like repeatedly like, I am not your fucking slave. I'm not your goddamn maid. You're not going to treat me this fucking way anymore. You know, I'd had enough of it. I'm fed up with it. I'm tired of being polite and courteous to people, and they just get to shit all over me because they're having a bad fucking day. I understand I'm guilty of that on occasion, but at least I immediately apologize for it, and I do really feel like shit about it. You know, like I was done with that. So I called them, everyone out on their bullshit because everyone thinks they're a boss and thinks they're a manager and thinks they know everything they fucking know about restaurants, but I know more than any of them. I could have stopped a restaurant from going bankrupt, but no one would listen to me. I could have made my boss four or $5,000 more in Gates bill a week. Well, he's fucking broke and old and 80, paying for his fucking son and his son and his wife and all the fucking employees there. And they're eating his steak, not fucking paying for a damn thing, but don't have the courtesy to get up and wipe his fucking tables off and shit. Just blood sucking them like little fucking vampires. And they don't give a fuck, and it doesn't even occur to them that it's an issue. And and I'm an asshole for complaining about it because that makes you feel guilty. Fuck you. I'm a person that's like that. I've been that person. I'm an addict. I'm a, I'm a fucking cheater, a liar, a thief. You know, I've done all those fucked up things, so you can't lie to me because I see right through that shit. That's why I love poker because finally for once, it's about seeing through somebody. It doesn't matter what you have. It's about seeing through somebody and what you represent. Poker you know, is life. It doesn't matter if it's fucking true or not. You poker know, is life. Still, anyway, you know, fucking, like, you're not going to have that power over me for you. You're, I'm not going to sell my sanity for a measly fucking $500 a week when I know that if I knew what you knew about business as far as numbers go and, and deposit in the banks and shit like that, I would be able to run any fucking restaurant in the world. You know, I know everything there is to know. You know, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. And yes, of course, who doesn't have their own little faults, but I could do it better than y'all. But So I'm not going to pretend and appease your fucking ego and your atmosphere because you feel threatened that, that I actually put those things into effect. I was the one up there shining the fucking ceiling fans and shining the lampshades and going over the fucking uh, windows and tables to make sure there's no fucking dust because people were paying a fucking premium getting charged like nine fucking dollars for like a shot of Jose Cuervo, and you're fucking banking off this shit, and people really aren't getting that much out of it. And they're poor-ass fucking people who maybe get to go out once in a fucking blue moon. You know, fuck you. Fuck you for treating people this way and profiting off them by lying to them and just being a fucking asshole. I want no part of this no more. I'm not going to sell, sell out for a fucking measly check on Friday. I don't care if I fucking eat or have to live on the streets. I'm sure that I'll be scared, and it's going to suck if I have to face that. But if that's what it takes to cure all this bullshit, all this fucking pussiness, all this silence, all this taking it up the ass without no retaliation or saying anything fucking about it just to be calm and get through my day. And you do that at times, but that's what you do. But since we're on the subject, no, 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 no fucking more. I'm tired of this shit like I talked about with Alan. I'm tired of all the shit that I talked about earlier. Like, like I'm not your fucking doormat, you know. I'm angry about this. And, yes, it's a lot of bottled-up anger, and, and that's not anyone's fault, you know, more or less but my own. But, but that's the way I'm addressing shit now. Like, you're not going to do this. You're not going to pay me to lie for you. You're not going to stand around and mistreat people in front of me. While I'm standing there, just no matter what your problem is, I don't give a shit. I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to allow it to happen in front of me anymore. Plain and simple. I don't care if that means I have to call you out in front of your face, which reminds me of the poker place that I was just talking about that I played at. So um, I, I really uh, uh, was upset about 
Uh, the reality is I was getting screwed out of money for many years on online poker because it was a scam. I'm not going to get into it, but I lost a lot of money in that, um, even though I was a great player because that was one thing I always believed. So I finally found a house because uh, I used to have to go up to the Windstar, which is three hours away, um, close by. And, uh, you know, there's security, legit, everything. So I go in, and I'm actually starting to play cards. First night I come in, I leave uh, um, up, and um, it was very enjoyable. I go back. Um, I uh, end up cashing in a tournament. Um, I notice a lot, a lot of shady things, um, you know, things that just didn't seem like they added up, you know, didn't occur to me. And, and I question people about it, and then I go back, and, uh, um, you know, everyone's treating me like I'm a – uh, you know, an outsider, like they didn't like what I said. And I believe I was like, man, well, maybe, maybe they weren't cheating. You know, maybe they, you know, they were just, you know, I was just re reliving emotional rigors from losing and gambling because I didn't, uh, I started making the same mistakes, you know? And so I sat and I thought about it, you know, I'm like, man, you know, I, I really, you know, really got to start changing things. I really got to start, you know, putting those changes and things I learned into effect because I'm kind of a hamster on a rolling cage. Um, and so I, I take, take all the, the, the skills and things. And, you know, I took, took what you said about not taking a break for one hand and I go back in and I'm a completely different person, a completely different player. Um, so uh, first night when I go in, I leave, I make about 360. It's a great uh, uh, time. I'm able to read people, but then I find myself, you know, I'm calling too much uh, on the uh, um, pre-flops. You know what I'm saying? Because you guys are betting 10 here, 10 there, 10 there. And a lot of what I'm saying will relate to, to what I finished with. Uh, but this is also poker philosophy and, and poker skills you can actually use. And although I learned about poker, I was actually learning about character development as well, not falling for the same traps I always fall into. Um, so I noticed my biggest problem in cash games when I would play is I will call all these um, $10, $15 raises with semi-premium or premium hands, 7-5, uh, you know, diamonds or, you know, kingpin suited, in situations where um, I know that somebody's going to bet, doesn't matter if they have it or not, but I can't afford to keep calling that down because I'll just dwindle my stack and not win any hands. And then when I do have something significant where I may get someone to fold, there's not really enough there for them to worry about. It's a perfect time for them to play the type that they want to play. And if I don't make, then I don't get my stack back and I lose and I have to walk out. So um, I started playing different. And then I, uh, the next night I went back, I won um, two and a half times as much as I brought. So it was a very enjoyable experience. And I was like, man, put these things to effect and listen. But then I go back again and I'm really excited and I find myself starting making the same mistakes. I'm like, oh. And so I sit on the cash table. And one of the things I learned is after I double or triple up, I need to immediately get up, stack my chips, go to the, go to the cashier and walk away. And recollect my thoughts, even if I want to go back, that's perfectly fine, but immediately walk away. Because I found that when I was winning and things are going well in life, that's, that's when I start making it okay for me to make mistakes. And make, uh, you know, it's okay. It's okay. You know, so I was making the common mistakes on the gambling table as I was in my own life. When things got good, when I had my cash stacked up, all the chips were on the table, you know, good old Kenny Rogers song, you know, counter chips while you're sitting at the table. Um, but, uh, you know, I found myself making that same mistake and I started dwindling down. But then, even though I was living in a real moment, you know, uh, not going to lie, I smoked a lot of weed, wouldn't play poker, you know, and I'm sitting at the table, I'm fucked up, and the people can see it, you know, and I already had my suspicions that this place was being worked. I'm not going to talk about the personal details with each person. I'm being very, very uh, nonchalant um, about it, but um, um, I start noticing that 
there's a pattern of cards being dealt. You know, I'm being dealt rags, 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 no, no pairs, no possible chance to make any type of hand. And I'm seeing this multiple times. And with my discipline that I learned, I fold, 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 fold. And I'm seeing this gentleman over to my right who's being staked. I see the uh, – because uh, I, th I think this is where my problem started because um, a particular manager was staking a certain player. And this player, man, I'm telling you, he it, I really learned a lot about poker from him because it the money did not matter because he was playing on someone else's dime. It didn't matter if he lost. So he could use his poker skills and, and his um, persona – to create fear in people and, and expose their tells because he was really a good uh, person at reading body language. And you put every person that I've ever seen on the table, and I'm talking tight-ass fucking players, he's playing every hand getting people to fold, and he's just racking fucking chips up. I mean, he stacks up a 1,000 within a couple hands, and then I become a target for him because I, I originally took his stack, uh, which was what he was being staked on, even though I didn't realize that three to four people at the table were being worked and I was one of the targets. And... Um, even though I wasn't aware of it, um, because they could exploit it and, uh, and see me as a target, they did. How do you and, know? Uh, I started making How do you know thing. that? Um, uh, well, I, I looked. I looked at the back. There was always people randomly walking behind me, and I was exposing my cards in a way that if someone was standing behind me, they could see the cards. And if the dealer looked back, uh, was sitting in his seat and looked over, he could see the cards as well. And then I noticed that I won a hand. I just uh, after I, uh, I mean, I got to six hundred again. So uh, we're talking. Uh, uh, I think after I lost two, I, I, I lost around 250 to three and then got back up to like six. So therefore we're netting like one to 200 right here at this point. Uh, Cause I think I bought in for uh, like 140 and then 200. And then uh, um, I uh, win the hand and then I noticed that my chip stack sitting there at 452. And so I get up and I, and I go to the manager. I'm like, Hey, Hey, Carrie, I'm like, well, uh, edit that part out, please. Just make a note, personal note, edit, edit, edit that name. Um, I say, um, hey, um, you know, did I, did I rake that pot? I just want to make, because I, w I wasn't really paying attention, man. I kind of just went brain dead there for a minute because I kind of just kind of went off my own world, and I don't remember raking the chips. My stack looked short. But then he came back. He's like, yeah, that's what happened. I got, I got, I went back into frantic poker mode because I literally believed that I lost and that all this stuff was really happening, even though in my mind I was noticing a pattern like I saw online, you know, it, it was taking like they, they took the online algorithm of baiting people into betting and applied it to uh, real real decks and had dealers that could work it into the system and, and, and knew how to run the game. You know what I'm saying? So people wouldn't notice it. They think it would just happen natural. So they would have plenty of tables, you know, from seven to ten uh, when certain people were there. And the thing was is they would get people to fold big pots without having to show, so they could give money back to certain people to keep them coming back, so they could take money from them later. You know, I'm, I'm looking at looking at the process and what's going on. I'm like, huh. So when there's when someone has dealt queen two who's new at the table, this hand is going to trump it because it's shown three or four times, and I've seen this three or four times. The flop's going to come queen two, um, uh, eight. It's going to be a blank because the there will be a flush draw on the river, and then uh, interdimensional the child of molesters and time traveling vampires and. <laughs> Please go continue. Yeah. I, no, no, I understand. Thank you, Alex Jones, but this this is really happening. And 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 uh, I, what's really I, happening is Obama because, went and won the because, because won the twenty sixteen twenty twelve. Because I noticed it. <laughs> because I noticed it. You know, fucking Conor McGregor was out, and the the liberal media is trying to get him arrested because <laughs> he goes down and does whatever. But they're going after Conor McGregor because he's Irish and 
you know, Irish went back to the 1970s and had a horrible time to do whatever. And, uh, well, just interdimensional MMA child molester travelers and vampires. And please continue. Mm-hmm. But, uh, anyway, so I'm noticing all these patterns. <laughs> I'm noticing all these patterns. And, uh, um, I'm seeing stacks fly. I mean, this dude stacked up like, like 3,200 fucking dollars. And this other dude comes on the table. He stacked up like $2,800 and then they're walking out. Have I mean, you ever been took, to a cash game? Have you ever been to a cash game before? Have you ever been to a cash game before? This shit happens all yes, the time. I have multiple times. All the time. I understand. You just you just admitted to smoking weed prior to this. But did I you wasn't not? aware of that because I thought the reason I was losing was because of a character flaw. I didn't realize it was because I was being rigged and these mm-hmm. things were actually happening. So I took my losses as a reality of the fact that I'm worthless and suck and it made me feel like bad. You know, I took it as an emotional response, not a literal thing. It didn't occur to me that those things were happening because I believed it was a flaw in my game. Are you okay? Because I I, I had never been successful. So let me, allow me to finish. Let me, let me, please, let me enter. I know know you're dying here. I know you're dying here having to listen to me fucking ranting. Bro, I listen. Anyway. I want to say if you go back, if you go back and listen to the tape, if you go back and listen to the tape, there's probably a 10 minute stretch where I did not talk and I listened to you. So please, sir, no, let, let, let me interject. I you for that, actually. Thank you. That you're welcome. Thank you very much. Please let me interject Thank here for this one. So that, no, be, but, that being said, go ahead, go ahead. you realize that poker is a game of chance, right? Shit happens. Cash games are crazy. And here's the key to cash games. And here's why cash games are so much more different than tournament. You never know. How, and you are completely valid in the fact and what you've told me is that the the boss or the whoever the manager if he has a friend that's a manager or a dealer that is bad like or if he's somebody he like yeah. his brother or his girlfriend or his sister is a dealer no bueno that's nepotism no bueno because that it, that leads into there's a bridge to there's a bridge to nowhere there right uh yeah that's so, what called out girlfriend boyfriend dealer yeah yeah like, uh, can't can't bad i'll take can't 400 happen. for the price pool and we'll tip the dealer 40. Yeah, can't do that, right? And if he if he's uh, in addition to if that individual is supporting players at his tables, no bueno, right? Those are no goes when it comes to poker rooms. However, comma. So if those two things are known, we already know where I'm headed with this. Just walk away from the table. Don't be a part of it. Just get away from. Just get away from it, right? But that being said, cash games. You never know how deep somebody's going to be. So queen two offsuit in a cash game is not queen two offsuit in a tournament, right? They're not the same hands, especially if you're rolling uh, 100 plus big blinds deep. And the fact that you like to walk away is the same reason why I, I walked away, walk away, because my wallet isn't stuffed with $6,000 in my pocket to go through. And yeah. in addition to, I'm not really up to snuff when it comes to 100 plus big blind play, right? That is when you get into oh, the... Yeah. That, have, you, have you ever watched Live at the Bike? Yeah. Yeah. So well, those uh, those I'm guys like, play they play hundred plus big blind poker, right? That's when the four bet five bet game gets into play, and you play all these crazy things. You can't do it in tournament poker because when you four bet five bet in tournament poker, I don't think the blinds are big enough to do whatever, or the big blind stacks aren't big enough, and you probably watch too much TV. I actually took a stack yeah. from a guy because I could see I I could just look at him and see all right, this guy's watched way too much TV. He's he's like he's trying to fader holds me. 
and I took his stack. Like, like you're being stupid. Oh, and I, and oh. I had queen nine of hearts, and I had nothing. And I just, he four bet me on a turn. I was like, yep. no, I ain't, homie, don't play that. Give me all your money. And he folded. Because you can just yep. tell. You can kind of figure these things like out when it goes to. That being said, yeah, but- cash games are totally different. Totally oh. different. Because no, you I'm don't really, know how I'm, much I'm, they're playing I'm, behind them. Like I was explaining earlier, um, I understand the play them now, but what, what I'm saying is I got out of my element. Uh, but it was a situation where, where the game was rigged, and uh, I, I hadn't seen it yet. Like, I hadn't fully accepted you know? it because I, I – rep- let me finish because I, re- I, I, I reported it, and then nothing came back. And to I, who? I, but then all of a sudden I noticed I had a, everyone had a different attitude about me. But when you do that in that type of environment, you, you become a target, and it was my time to become a target because they, they hadn't really messed with me before. They want me to keep coming back, and then they'll get me later. You know what I'm saying? Of course I'm on the list, but I wasn't exactly a target. But I moved to the top of the list because I became a shark. I was not there to play poker and just have a good time and win. This was about changing my life. I wanted to go there and use the skills that I learned from listening from the podcast, from listening to you, from making many, 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 many mistakes and completely do a 180 on my game and change everything. And I wanted to use the profits from that to fund my bills, uh, what little I needed, et cetera, so I didn't have to go back to a job like that anymore because I can't mentally deal with it at the moment, and I need money in order to pay for my rent and pay for my car and keep those things that I'm going to need when I get a job later. But if I can use those skills, you know, I, had, I had two loans that I was still paying on, and if, if I don't get a job within an X amount of time, I wasn't going to be able to pay them anyway. So I was like, fuck it. You know, One time I'm going to go live to this live place uh, that I found, and I'm going to see what happens because if I'm not going to be able to pay them uh, anyway, then fuck it. I'll try to I'll try to win the money so I can't. And I went there and I did. And then I immediately paid my bills. And what I had left, I went back and won more, which was nice because I was, so I was growing and learning from my experience. You know what I'm saying? So when I had queens, I shoved. Queens are better. I shoved. You know, I'm not I'm not really doing ace king ace queen because if it doesn't come, I'm 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 not going to risk two hundred dollars on that. But if I had kings queens or aces, I'm basically shoving if it's pre flop. You know what I'm saying? I, I I can tell when I'm being baited in the situation. You know, like if I have jacks or queens and and this dude who's playing tight. It's just raising 55. Like, understand the difference between someone who's watching TV poker trying to have the fantasy of showing a straight flush live, which I actually did the other night on the table. I, I had my first straight flush dealt to me live, and I won a pretty decent pot off that. Um, even though, anyway, we'll get into that. But um, it, it was it was nice. It was nice for, for it to hold up once for me because in those situations where I was just coming in and only had $200 to play, and if I lost, I was out and had to go home, you know, it just didn't hold up for me that time, you know, or I made too many mistakes and it wasn't real. I was doing too much TV shit, but I became a poker shark. I was there for the cash. I wasn't there to fucking show Kings full on the river and have people pat me on the back. Oh, you're a good player. I was there for your fucking money in front of you. I was watching every move you were making. I, I, I came to the table with an intimidating presence. As soon as I, as soon as I sat down, the guy to my right was in a hand. I immediately look over and I fucking stared at him and I, did not move my eyes away from the entire hand. I didn't care what card came. I didn't care what happened. All I wanted to do is what is he doing during this hand? Really, in reality, I was kind of bluffing. You know, I was looking for tells and, and, and signs and things like that, and I did notice some of them. But for me, it, it, my, my strength is acting. I'm not going to be able to beat your ass in a fight. I'm not a fighter. You know, that, that's not my specialty. So where I win in life is, is with what I say, you know, my persona. So I was trying to create a persona, persona at the table to instill fear in the other players, to get them out of hands that they normally would call, but because it's me, like you, like you talk about, they're, they're out. So I start staring at him. He has about a 550 stack or something like that, and then he immediately stands up, you know, two hands later. 
He's like, uh, he's, he's, he's a shark. He's there for the same reason I was. He's there for the money. He saw me doing that. He's like, uh, not today. Already won 600. Uh, it's time to get up and go. I'll come back and play another day. You know what I'm saying? But I start doing that around the table, and I find the, the good positions to make uh, uh, the moves that I would normally make. And I was trying to make money. So I, I completely changed my game. And when I do that, I, I found that, that if I don't make those mistakes and my hands hold up, I've, I've, I've been profitable. And I was trying to escape the fucking existence of having to go back to a nine-to-five job every day. So I figured, hey, there's a little club over here. If I can make some money enough to pay for my bills so I can take a month off to maybe actually quit smoking weed and fucking maybe quit smoking cigarettes and not have to worry about all the emotional stress and pressure that fuels these uh, uh, addictions, not to excuse them. So you don't have to interrupt me on that. You know, I'm, but, yeah, that, that, that was what I was there for. I wasn't there anymore for, uh, for a pipe dream and for a Warsaw bracelet. I was there to fucking change my life and existence because money buys time in this world. If you have a lot of money, you don't have to go and, and suffer at these, these goddamn jobs. And, and I understand there's a great service and a good reason for it, but I, I just needed a break. So I was thankful, you know. But then uh, go back to well, when I was on that table, although I was noticing patterns, um, I, I ended up in a, uh, in a losing position. And uh, I, I went against the type of player that, that's the hardest to deal with. The money does not matter to him. He, he uses his skills to see right through, through people and makes you make the hardest decisions you've ever made. That, that is the type of player that I struggled the most against, which was nice to face it. Um, but he got the better of me that night. Um, but when I came back the next day, I realized that I was being worked uh, after I saw the patterns because – um, at the end of the night, um, I get pocket kings dealt to me, um, you know, after being ridiculed and, and my stacks just dwindling down, like this is like 300, two hours later, you know, so I'm forced to call, you know, 30 to $40 to see a flop and then it doesn't hit. And then and I see his hand just hitting over and over and over and over again. And nine, six is a very common theme. And I noticed the queen two pattern and what happened. So, and it reminded me a lot of the online, uh, algorithm. So the flop will come queen two, eight, you got two pair, uh, um, and you call because it's suited, which a lot of people like to do. Excuse me. Had to burp. And um, you get uh, counterfeited on the river to someone's king-queen who gets who just gets the call the whole way and looks like he's a good player. But in reality, he's just, just stuffing your money from you. And then on the end, you get counterfeited. So you, if you're a disciplined player, you have to fold. But a lot of new players, TV poker players, just, oh, fuck it. And they just shove on that one uh, moment trying to be a hero and lose all their money. But I made a disciplined decision but still lost X amount. You know, and that continued to happen. I noticed anytime I had black ice king, I would always get a flush draw, never a pair, um, and be countered by a two. I noticed that two was a counter to, to almost everything. So I started picking up on the patterns and figure out what cards were where, etc. And so I came back the next day, and I completely changed my fucking existence. See, I knew that this place was a scheme, that, that uh, the house was running game, and that, you know, if you fuck with this kind of world, you really don't know who you're fucking with. You know, it could be um, a specific gang. It could be a uh, mafia. It could be uh, someone who's feeding their kids. And anytime you fuck with someone's bottom line, there's hell to pay. You can end up in dumpsters. I've seen the outside of these poker places and poker worlds. And, you know, and I kind of I understand, you know, if you fuck with the master's house, um, you could get fucked up. But I knew that, and I go back in. I give them the benefit of the doubt, but I go back in, and now I'm looking to exploit this. I'm looking for the perfect spots to go in. The one time when I know I got the hand that's going to win and then shove my fucking stack and take the house's money and walk out with it. So I'm sitting uh, in a tournament, um, and I'm, I'm a completely different player. I'm actually looking like a bad guy. I go in. I'm like, hey, you know what, Daryl? I'm apologizing for accusing you of being a cheater, man. And I did it in front of people where they could hear me, you know. Um, and uh, I, I'm sorry for the disrespect. 
um, my my idea was all about gratuity. So I walk in when I pick up my uh, uh, tournament uh, token and I sit down at the table, you know, pay the the extra fee for the extra chips, sports organization. I tip the dealer, and then uh, the gentleman comes up to get your orders because if you order, you get extra chips. I tip I tip the guy the the district manager, and I tip the other dealers. I'm tipping everybody. And now the, the, the tournament, because they're using bar poker cards, became uh, pretty legit. Um, if you switch it to a house deck, which I fucked myself in one tournament. Actually, that's, that's the reason why I lost. Um, it's because I asked them to switch decks, and then they switched to a house deck, and I got fucked. It, it worked in their favor. I didn't realize it. But uh, I was so paranoid because this Chinese guy would always ask people to switch decks, and I wondered why. But anyway, um, and I understand cards get bends in them. When I saw things like bending cards and things like that, uh, then uh, I would uh, avoid uh, – uh, playing there because I don't want people picking up on well the ace is bent so if I see a bent card in his hand look over kind of edge sorting stuff I know he's got the ace so I know when it's a good time to fold you know so um, anyway so I go to the tournament and I, I'm being basically uh, I'm acting like I fucking own the place I'm acting like uh, I got all the money but I'm still doing the poker thing you know what I'm saying I'm tipping out my money before I get on the table uh, before I even rebuy and uh, um also, if, if people know house games, they're going to think that I'm a house player as well. But in reality, I was just fucking good. I was bluffing at him. Um, but I started noticing things. So I'm playing in a tournament, and uh, um, this gentleman to my right, you know, uh, mentions that I was being kind of rude about the environment. I'm like, yeah, you know what, man? I was being a little bitch, man. I was being a little bitch. And I start talking during all the hands, and I put on this persona. Like, I fucking own the table, and, and I played it out perfectly. Um, but the reality was, for me, it was a moment of growth because I knew I was in the master's house. I knew I, that it was really just a stage, and they're trying to get whatever they can out of people, but I was too. But more or less, I was after their money. I wasn't really after the money of the, of the, of the actual people that were there to play the game. I wanted their money. And if they have to pay out, that they have in their little back register in case they get fucked. And, uh, of course, you know, I told you about the King Five Hand, uh, the one we discussed, that, you know, tournament versus our, our theories on tournament versus, you know, casting poker, et cetera. And I get my big stack, and I go to the tournament, and the whole time, anytime someone's uh, all in, I'm being very polite. Good luck, all in. You know, good luck. And then uh, um, get to the final table. Um, I get a trip seven on the flop. Uh, no, no real action, uh, but uh, did get a nice bump pre-flop for a three hundred thousand um, dollar pot because the blinds are getting up there and we're knocking people out one by one. It's getting down to where there's four, which is what I like when there's four because typically that's a good time to make a deal for the pot. Um, and uh, this girl wins off off of that on her little stack, which is about 5,000 points. And I'm like, good luck, Alden. I was like, nice hand, my lady. And every time I lost, I lost with respect. I bowed. I said, thank you. You know, good hit. And whether I lost the whole thing, I was like, I'm, I'm going to change my persona on this. I'm not going to let it affect me so much emotionally. And uh, went to the tournament, got down to where it was four of us, made a deal for the prize pool, give one guy five, which was an actual player, uh, one guy three-something, which is an actual player, me, 270, which is an actual player, and one guy who was working for the house, 200. He cut out his 60 to guarantee he would at least get 200 because he knew I was in there, and I wasn't fucking playing today. I was unleashing the fucking beat. All this shit that I was doing before to trick you and make you think that I was short, coming, dressing in uh, poor-ass clothes, which I was dressing in poor-ass clothes, to give the appearance that I'm a poor guy that's just here for a quick buck and you can take me. Now nah, that shit's over. And uh, I go sit at the table, and it's one of the hardest sessions I've ever been in. So I'm dealt uh, ace of spades, jack of diamonds early, which I know um, is, uh, um, you know, one of the hands that I'm going to see a lot tonight because they decked it in a certain way. And uh, I, I push all in. I just push on, and I see caller, 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 because I needed to confirm 
who, who was who on the table. I needed to confirm who was who was on the table. And it was in the perfect time to where I might shove in that situation and the guy in the short stack on the end could stack up. So, of course, they all call. All the money ships over to him. The game starts. So now I'm in folding mode. I'm in watching and folding mode. I'm like, good luck, all in. And this dude is getting took for, for, I'm talking for a lot of fucking money, who was uh, singing like a Backstreet Boys in the tournament. Um, he always talked when he had big hands. It was so easy to read, and I loved it, too. I'm like, all right, okay, I know how to counterfeit you. You start doing this when you're when you're nervous. You start doing this when you're this. I'm like, okay, prime target, boom. But the sharks see it too, you know. And I'm sitting there playing. And anytime that I find a premium hand that I want to get in, I raise it up 10 or 15. And this girl to my left raises it 47, 35, 50, 52, 48, 39. Just ridiculous amounts. But in a sense, because we had talked and I showed kindness to her and respect, even though she was working, she had she's like, look, I'm trying to – I know I, – I can see right through you too. I know you're a shark, okay? So when I do this, you better fold or you're going to get took. You're going to get fucking took. And she starts stacking fucking chips. I'm telling you, the dude to her left, Pittsburgh, uh, the guy who just randomly gets seated at my table again, um, who was fucking with me all the night before, um, starts uh, doing his thing, and he starts stacking up too. I'm like, man, this is kind of odd. So I finally pick up a hand. I pick up uh, ace five. Um, old man uh, to my right has uh, kings. Um, he, he raises me and uh, Pittsburgh call. Flop comes uh, ace seven ace. Um, I check. Uh, um, Pittsburgh bets. Old man uh, calls. I call. Um, goes the next turn. It's a seven. I get, so I start getting scared because I'm like, fuck, I've been quadded twice, you know, but then I realize, okay, that this is fixed. I'm hoping the old man don't have sevens, okay? So um, I shove, uh, six. Uh, I bet 60, um, Pittsburgh shoves, old man folds, I call, and uh, take his stack. Um, and then uh, game on. So after that point, I spent about, about two hours folding because uh, the chick to my left is just racking chips. And then she starts having a war with this Chinese guy who I've taken money from and started playing who I didn't realize who would, who would just replace the seat of another guy and was working for the house as well, too. I didn't, I didn't know about him until the end. And uh, um, he sits on the table, and they continue to stack. They're, they're taking all the money at the table. Not, no one else is really winning pots, but one here and there, just to keep them interested enough in the game. you know. And then uh, another gentleman sits down, and uh, the coach, this guy who uh, – Took some money from me that night. I was getting rigged at the table. Um, sits down at the table as well. And uh, comes to a time where uh, I'm sitting at about probably $300, uh, $400. No, wait, about $350, around, around uh, $300 to $350. And uh, the coach raises uh, – there's big big raises all around the board. And I finally see pocket nines after folding for about two hours. I'm like, fuck it, okay, it's either now or never. So I call, flop comes, eight, two, four. I'm in first position. I fucking shove. I don't give a fuck what anybody has. If, if you got better, good for you this time. I think this, this is the perfect spot to do this with pocket dimes, so I'm doing it. It's the best decision I can make. I shove. Now, any time that I bet, I bet with the ace king that I, on the hand that I won, everyone to my left immediately fold around the board. So in this situation, everyone around my left immediately fold around the board because I think they were trying to throw me one. You know what I'm saying? I picked up on the pattern. I'm like, okay, this, I think this is my time where I actually get one. And then – uh um, coach calls, but I think Coach just got a random hand. He happened to have 10-8 of diamonds, and he thought that I was just full of shit, and he already took me last night, so he had that 
fucking uh, impression. And also, he got stuck for about a thousand as well. After he had about fifteen hundred in front of him, they took it from him. Um, so he was ready to get that stack back because he just wanted to have a big mountain and chips in front of him so he could actually enjoy himself play poker. But he couldn't do that because that, that's what he needed. He was there because he needed a big stack in front of him and that respect and that pat on the back so he could enjoy playing the game of poker and, and use the skills to his best. But because he was stuck, he started playing stupid. So he calls my 10-8, um, holds up to the river. I get my 750 uh, from that pot, immediately stack it. I stand up, but down, stack, 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 stack. I'm like, all right, sorry, Coach, like, that's enough for me. Time to go. I uh, apologize. Y'all have a great day. It's been a good game. Thank you very much. And I've taken my licking like a man. I immediately stacked my chips. I said, sorry, Coach. It was nothing personal. I just got my 750, um, which is, uh, you know, I've, I've lost about probably 350 to 400 at that point. Um, well, honestly, about 160 because I won 260 from the tournament. And I immediately stacked my winnings and go to the case. I go up to the gentleman, tip him. You know, just drop a little little thing there so he's not suspecting anything. Tip all the dealers, tip all the staff, and I leave. And then I get home and I'm sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, you know what? I was like, I don't, I don't really care what's going on. You know, I'm gonna come in there and I'm gonna show them that you messed with the wrong motherfucker. You really did. You thought you were playing me. You really thought you could play me like this. You thought you could lure me into your establishment at a point where. I was really vulnerable in my life, and, I, and, and honestly, I really needed the money. And for you to be cheating me right now again at, at a time that's so critical for me, nah, not going to fucking happen. How so do they teach you, how do they teach you have, when you walked away with money? That's the confusing part. Um, because it's a legit business, and if you actually win chips on the table, and uh, it happens to uh, – but the thing was I didn't win any of their chips. I won the chips from the coach. Who would actually put an actual thousand dollars in in the bank? So they paid me with the money that I won off him. I didn't win a hand against any of them. I couldn't. It was impossible for me to win a hand the way it was rigged. I could not win a hand against the six people to my left, and I realized it. So anytime they were in, I would see the flop. If I wasn't interested, I would fold because it wasn't the one that was going to be thrown to me. I already noticed the pattern. If I had queen two, it would come up. I'm like, oh, I get counterfeited. Can't do it here. Oh, it's the ace jack, ace of spades, jack of diamonds again. Can't move on here because what happens is you'll get jack six two. Um, flop will come uh, a straight for uh, um, the turn, a flush for the turn to, to what, draw you in with the. Uh, the what was eight, your seat position? Uh, you have, yeah, when you're in key position, exactly. What, when you're, no, when you're what was your position, what was your seat position? My seat position. What uh, number seat were you sitting at? One, two, three, four. I was four. So left. What field, seat was one, Coach on? Two, three, four. Position five. Seat Co five. He's, I'm in seat five. Seat six, seven, eight, nine, six, six, what seven, eight, seat was, and nine. What seat was Coach on? Coach was on seat uh, one. Well, this the, makes the, sense. Left, left you take it, do you realize poker is a game of position? You take advantage of the people to your right. People to your left take advantage of you, right? You understand that. What was uh, – and you don't think you're picking the wrong battles? Um, no, so let me finish my story, then I'll address your question. Go. So anyway, this is my finale. This is my finale. Okay, so although I didn't realize every single time that it was happening, I went in, and I was going to own this fucking place. So I walk in. It's 2 a.m. in the morning. I see a game going on on the left table and then a short game on the right. When I go in, I say, hey, Mr. Carey, you know, I put on my persona, acting the fool, acting like I'm somebody they can just fucking take, some just uh, – uh, um, crackhead on the weekend, whatever they fucking thought of me, I don't know. 
and I walk in and I sit at the table with four fucking sharks who are there to take my money, okay? Now, I understand there's an algorithm and a plan. So the first hand that I get dealt is the queen two, so I already know how, I already know how it's going to happen. Already know. I know when my spots are good, but there's only five people in here, so I know that now the algorithm can be messed up, you know? So I, I, I wait a little bit for, for things to, to just change, but I still put some money in to look like I'm, I'm a target. And, it, and when I put my money on the table, I put five $100 bills in front of these people, and I stacked it up. I'm like, one, two, three, four, five. Let's, let's do five. I'm going to match this deck. Go to match this deck here. We're just a friendly game. Just a friendly game. And I'm sitting there looking at these guys. I'm like, just a friendly game. And I'm watching. I'm reading everything that's going on. What I'm noticing is that I'm, I'll bet out, and then there's four chasers. And if I fold pre-flop, there's no action. So I'm like, all right, fuck you. I know what's going on. So I get in. Uh the gentleman who's sitting off to my left uh, taunts me, and then at that point, I fucking had enough. I was like, you know what? You're right. I had nine, three clubs there. You know, it's, it's like you never know what could happen, man. It's just a good hit. And so at, at this point, I'm, I'm talking, and I'm talking nonstop. I look at my cards like, all right, look. All right, I've got a suited connect here, just a little suited connect. All right. Make, let's make it an easy four. Just an easy four, you know, because the guy off to my right is making hints and shit like that. Like, well, you know. 320, you want to make as many hands as possible. I was like, yeah, those one and two dollars, they, they actually add up. You know, they count. I get it. I understand what's going on here. It's really game. It's really game. And I start talking my way through the hand, but everyone stops and, and everything is on me. I get to set the scene at this point. So I was like, well, let's, I see the flop. The flop is uh, three spades with a um, um, six. And um, I'm like, all right, let's make it just, just an easy five. Just an easy five. I got six, three. Uh, uh, I got a uh, uh, nice little suited connector here. This working for me. I was like, y- y'all go in and chase that spade. Go on and chase it because I can see that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for a spade because I don't have one. And I tell them I don't have a spade. I was like, I don't have a spade. I know y'all do. Go ahead and chase it. Bet out five. Every single one of them call. Turn comes a blank, but it creates a, a back door for my straight. I'm like, all right, all right. I see what's going on. Okay, look, uh, six here. Um, all right, let's just make it make it an easy ten. Just an easy ten. And uh, every single one of them call. And on the river comes a three, and it uh, completes uh, um, uh, my straight. But actually, I have six, four clubs, but I told him I had six, three clubs. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, there's my two pair. I was like, uh, I'll bet an easy 15 on it. And then the gentleman on the right calls and shows a two pair with nine high. And I'm like, oh, man, I was like, that's a nice hand. You got a nice one. And I flip it over, six, four. I was like, that's a nice hand. And so the dealer starts to push the pot towards him and uncover the cards. I was like, whoa, 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 wait, dealer, wait, dealer. You see that six, four there? That's a straight. That's my pot. He said, oh, yeah, you're right. But I saw the look on his face, and I caught it. I caught him when he was raking the chips. And so I raked the pot right in front of them and stacked the chips up after already being robbed for 50 and being down 70 from having to make donkey calls so I can figure out the pattern so I can get my money back. And I do it. And I stack up, and I'm sitting at about uh, um, 500 at that point. And then we go to the next hand, and I've got um, Jack. And uh, I do the same thing. I'm talking shit the whole fucking time. Make it, make it look just an easy four. Just an easy four. And the gentleman on my right calls down to the river. Um, he's all in. I'm like, good luck, all in. Good luck. Show my jacks. I was like, oh, you know, I got them jacks, man. You know, hey, what, what can I do there? What can I do? You know, it's jacks, five-handed. You know, I'm trying to make a little money tonight. You know, it's a friendly game. You know, just, you know, what, what can I do? You know, just a friendly game. <laughs> and I see their fucking blood start fucking boiling. And I see the fear in the fucking dealer's eyes that he knows that I know, but he's still in denial because they're putting on this persona. You know what I'm saying? Because there's two real people over there stacked up with about $2,500 fucking dollars that they're trying to take from them. Hardworking people, 
fucking go do their jobs every day. One's been a coach for 30 years. I don't know the other guy, but fuck it. You're trying to cheat people, but make them believe that they're, they're, they're inferior in a game and take it from them in a legit way. And if you don't make your, your seven versus, uh, or eight versus two work, then at least you got the money to pay them out in cash. So they'll come back and you can take it later, you know? And, and I, and I, I, and I mean, I'm telling you, they're, they're pissed, but, but they're like, we're going to get this motherfucker, you know, and, and I see it in their face. So next hand comes 10, seven. Um, I bet out talking shit the whole time. I was like, Oh, look, got a suited connector here. Uh, you know, let's make it, let's make it an easy 10, easy 10, you know, I'm certainly game. You know, I'm, I'm, I just want a little bit of money. You know, I'm not trying to ruin you guys tonight. You know, we'll say that for another night. They all call, um, this 40 to me to the flop. Um, and, uh, flop comes Jack 10, eight. Okay. I know the guy to my left has probably, uh, by the way he's betting and calling has ace jack because all the other guys fall to Mike. So they don't have shit. So this guy probably has ace jack. But I can't tell if he's a real player or not at this point. Um, so he called. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I was like, all right, got my pair, got my inside straight draw. I was like, this is going to work out. All right, let's, let's bet. And then uh, I was like, let's make it, make it an easy 15 on the turn. The guy uh, bets. And then on the river comes a 10. I get my trip. Boom, fucking Yahtzee, the moment I was fucking waiting for. The moment I was waiting for from every, for my entire plan to go into effect so what, so what I did there really actually mattered. They had to keep pretending, even though I was pretending, but they thought it was real. Total situation reversed. I went into your fucking house and made you look like a fool and conned you out of your fucking money. But thankfully, it was actually legit poker, and it actually fell my way, and I knew where I was. I knew if I didn't, didn't come on the river, I had to fold. I knew if it did, I was about to fucking bank. And so I look over at the guy. I was like, but now I was like, mm, like fucking Dave Chappelle. Mm, mm, mm. Exactly what I needed. I was donking you the whole way. I was like, I had 10 7. I had my pair. I had my inside uh, straight draw. I figured you had ace jack, but it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Look, I'm not going to take you for everything you've got. So I'm just going to bet an easy 35. And I know you're not going to call me. Uh, I was like, and, and I know you're not going to call me because uh, uh, you just can't fucking do it. I was like, you just can't do it. Like, there's no way. I was like, but if you want to pay me off and just give me some of that money, go ahead. You can even shove. Go and put 100 in. Go and put 500 in. I'm calling immediately. Go ahead. He's like, look, you better not be lying to me. I'm like, go ahead. Man, call. I'll show you. I promise. I have to show. I have to show down. I was like, it's a world right dealer from the game. I have to show your hand. He calls. He's got ace jack. I show him my 10 7. I'm like, but Dow, what I tell you? I was like, it's a friendly game, guys. It's a friendly game. You know, we're, we're just having a good time here. Easy money. The guy over the right gets pissed off, stands up. He's like, hey, says the guy's name. And he gets up and he's angry. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? You know? And uh, the dealer immediately starts flicking the cards, getting them back in order. You know what I'm saying? Um, by uh, suit, etc. And I look over at him and I was like, look, man, I saw you raking the chips. I'm not going to say anything. And, and he, 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 you see the fear in his fucking eyes. He's like, holy shit. Well, what are you talking about? And he immediately denies it. I was like, look, man, I'm not going to say anything. I don't mean any disrespect. I don't mean any disrespect. Because at this point, I was afraid that I might get pulled into a back room and get fucking shot. You know, which could happen, but I didn't give a fuck at that point because I was tired of seeing what I saw. I was going to fucking man up and do something about it no matter what cost me. Same with two seats. Even if it cost me my paycheck pay, pay on Friday, fuck you. I'm not signing up for this. And I did the same thing there. And uh, I told him, I was like, I don't want to be in anyone's way here. And then I got up and I went over to the table after Carrie called me a few times. I sat down at the table. Pittsburgh to my right, who had uh, been fucking ruining my night, reliving the worst nights in poker, sitting there laughing about it with his friends, acting like they're real players, stealing people's money, was sitting there short stacked because he'd been taken by coach and the other guy because they'd been fucking winning. They found 
uh, a good spot to do what they were doing, and it held up for him, even versus eight stacks. And this Chinese guy to my left sees what I'm doing. I'm sitting there showing my hands. I'm like, and I look over to my right. I'm like, yeah, it's a friendly game. I was like, all right, Pittsburgh, look. I mean, I got I got suited cards here. I was like, a jack, and it's two of clubs. I'm like, well, what, what should I do? You have to call here? He's like, whatever, man, that's your money. I'm like, all right, all right, I'm going to call here. I was like, but I'll let you know. You know, I was like, this might this might get busy if I get a flush draw. You know, this might get busy. And, of course, 10 callers for the flop, including Coach and the other person, were building about a $120 pot. Their guy's in position. They bet, and I see Pittsburgh. And I look them right over there. I was like, whoa, 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 there, Pittsburgh. I was like, look, that 9-6 has been hitting this whole time. It's not going to hit this time. And I knew he had 9-6. I didn't know if it was suited or not, but just everything in my poker um, reading skills, my Daniel Negreanu genie shit, said, you had 9-6. And I sit there. I'm like, look, man, I'm telling you, because he's moving his chips, his guy's better. I was like, I'm telling you right now. And I think they're trying to make good for the house as well because it looks like they've lost a lot of money. I was like, if you bet anything, if you bet anything, I'm going to have to call it here. I'm telling you, I'm going to push it. There's 987 on the flop. I've got jack two. I get a 10. Anything I get a straight, any club. I was like, I'm in. I like, so you better think about your decision. And then uh, um, he pushes, and I immediately fall. I was like, nah, can't do it. Can't fucking do it. <laughs> can't do it because I'm not really trying to take money from the coach and anyone else. And then the Chinese guy sees what's going on. Like he, He's like, oh, shit. Uh, I think it's time for me to get up because I, I think he's played poker long enough. He's an edge shorter, and he's got really fucking fast hands. And so he starts standing up and he starts stacking his chips and then he reaches over and takes like like uh, 50 to 65 on my stack because I just stacked up fucking uh, up to 620, 640 after those fucking guys were trying to rob me right in front of my face. I took their chips from right in their own fucking house. And I look down and I'm just like, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm not really going to challenge it at this point. I, I, I knew the amount that exactly I had one. I still had my five stacks of red, the original 500 that I came in with, plus 57, and I start dumping it off trying to give it to coach and the other person, but these guys are calling every hand, so I just give it back to them right on their table, talking shit to them the whole time. I just, just, just a friendly game, just a friendly game. I was like, what up, Mr. Carey? I tipped the dealer 20 bucks out of my own pocket that I stole from him, or that, uh, uh, that he stole from me. I, I tipped that dealer. I tipped the other dealer who fucked me and was raking chips and being uh, you know, uh, you know, know, part of the scheme, tipped him $20, went back to Carey, after I cashed out, tipped him another 20. He gives me some sort of excuse why he can't give me my hundreds back. He has to pay me in 20s. I'm like, whatever, Mr. Carey. You have a good time. Call me sometime. Call me sometime. And then uh, uh, walk out to the front. Pittsburgh stops. And then I stop and I tell him, hey, you know, it's kind of interesting when I had those pocket kings because I ran into pocket kings after uh, the charade of, of mental stress and end up getting uh, donked on the river by 10-9. Um, and the guy calls uh, 70, like 55 pre-flops and um, uh, bets out like like uh, 75 on the end, and I have no choice, and just takes me for everything, you know. I went right for him. I was like, and uh, he was talking about how he lost his money to Darnisha, and uh, the thing was, Darnisha, during the game, she looked over me and said I was working, so at least she was trying to, to look out for me. But I was like, hey, man, it happens, you know, and I played it off cool as fuck. I went back into old Chris mode, and I walked up to the front counter. I was like, Hey, man, thank you. all have a good night. Here, this is for the house. And I gave back the last of the money that uh, I had taken from him, and then I walked out of the place. So, hey, security, can I get an expert? And I walked out. And then I called uh, uh, the – well, don't, don't edit that part. I called the owner, uh, the guy who was running the scheme, um, and, I, and I called him out on it. I'm like, look, man, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything because, honestly, I was afraid of ending up in the dumpster. 
because I didn't know if it was blood lords or, or what was going on. But I, but I told him everything that I saw him happen, and, and he panicked. He fucking panicked. He, he folded. He, he, I called his fucking bluff. You know what I'm saying? The emotional response and everything that I got from him as I've been reading people and learning how to read people and how to relate that to emotional responses as it relates out of, outside of poker as to what I see in poker, and, and he denied what happened. And I told him from start to finish everything I did. I got to walk in the fucking enemy's fucking house, take their money right in front of them, taunt them with it like they do to other fucking people, knowing that I know and knowing that they can't do a fucking thing about it. They can't do shit about it because it ruins the bottom line of the person who owns this shit, and they'll be fucked. So they can't do a damn thing about it. If they want to kill me on the outside, what the fuck ever. But you're not going to do this to fucking people, and I know. I told him, I was like, look, I know everything that you did from top to bottom. And you wanted to deny it, so I let him play along with this game. I was like, but I'm not no fool. And I'm not some little bitch-ass pussy like I pretended to be in there. I'm a real fucking shark, and I showed you what I was on the table. All your little schemes and all your little games that you think that you're better at, I was better. Because for me, what, what what sucked about that situation is I was like, fuck, maybe they're better at poker, but they're not. They're not better at poker than me. I've actually grown and become a great player. But fuck you for doing that to people too. So I went to their fucking master's house and took his money right in front of him and then tipped it back to him. As a way to say, fuck you, I don't want it. This is blood money. I done already took enough. I want the warnings that I get on a poker table to be fucking real. You know? And that was the fucking most amazing experience I've ever had in my life, ever. I've never, ever once done something that fucking bold. And it, it was my way of being me and saying, fuck you, without punching someone or, or breaking shit. I went to the, your house, cost you three to $5,000 you were trying to steal back from these other people and took your money from you and gave it back to you on a silver plate. And I'm not fucking calling the uh, authorities on you. I'm not fucking ratting you out. But what the, what the gentleman exposed to me is that maybe on certain nights, the game's legit, and on certain nights, it's not. Just keep everything fair. But that scheme that was going on was his. It, it, I don't think it belonged to the organization. There's one tournament director and him. I think they're friends on the outside that were doing their schemes inside the house, ruining it, you know, taking it back to the, the prison days. You know, maybe not all of it was actually corrupt. I think there's a lot of misknowledge, but the way I saw dealers communicating – I'm sitting there in the tournament looking at the director. They're, they're coming up behind me trying to, to peek at my hands, stare at my hands. They can see another guy's, but I won't let them see mine. I get down right on the table, barely cut my hands and get my eyes right on it if I have to. I'm not giving anybody a chance to look. And I'm looking in the mirror at him in a magic mirror that's sitting in front of the table, and I see him twitching his little, little left cheek. See him doing a little sign that he does so he can rob people. And I'm sitting there staring at it the whole time, and I put sunglasses on. I'm playing Chris Ferguson style. Like that was I, my my persona was was happy go lucky. I'm just here to play a good game and and be happy, sharking it. But my play on the table persona was was Chris Ferguson. Anytime I was in a hand, drop my shades. Well, so got to put the shades on for this one. Right in their fucking house, and I noticed the twitches. I saw him tweaking his little cheek, you know. I saw him all all the little signs and tells that they did, and I called him out for it without having to call him out for it right in front of him, and they knew that I knew. And that was good enough for me. So you know, for the fuck, for fuck, the for the one person or two people that are still listening to this podcast, Mr. Chris Morris, do you think that you're picking the wrong battles? Probably, but that one I, I needed for me. I needed those two for me. I just did. 
you know, I think I, I need to hit the brakes a little bit on the drastic shit. Like, that's obviously for sure. You know, you, you don't want to go walk it into a, a place where you can get shot up. But I, I tell you, I, I really wouldn't change it for the world, you know. Okay, and I've so. never felt I've never felt better about anything. Like, I've, I, I walked into the master's den. I took his money, threw it on the table and said I didn't fucking want it, lit it on fire and walked out. Because that's not poker, you know. Okay. That's not real. So I'm, tr- I'm trying to audition for... ESPN or Good Morning America or whatever the case is. Number two, if the game is rigged, yes, I'm riveted. If the game is rigged, why do you keep going back? Um, I don't know, man. That, that's that's definitely a <laughs> character flaw. I have. It's definitely a character flaw I have. But I figured, I figured that uh, with the tournament, um, I could work my magic and it could fall my way. Because I had the blind structure works, I knew how to play it. I wasn't rebuying and restacking tournament because that's the thing. I, I did pay for the add-on because I knew I was going to need the chips, but um, I never had to rebuy. I went that whole tournament. As soon as I got my stack after that king five, I folded the entire time. I played one hand, which was ace king, and then um, I think another one uh, when I had pocket threes and, and took another guy stack again and made him rebuy. And he was pissed the whole time because I cracked his aces. He's like, "Well, at least you had a real hand that time." And I'm fucking sitting there laughing in front of his face, having a good time, you know. Like, I'm sorry, like, you don't need to go, like, I saw a lot of me in there, you know, which was, was really cool. Because um, I would always used to go with a need for, for the money, a need for the search, but I was like, nah, fuck that. Today I'm just playing poker. Win, win, lose, or draw, I'm saying thank you, and I'm either stacking my chips or I'm walking out. But um, I, it was a smart decision that I made uh, um, when I left after I stacked up the 750 from Coach. Um, dumb decision, definitely going back. But... I needed to do that for me. You know, I didn't care what the risk was. I didn't care what it cost me. You're scamming and cheating. It goes back to my Facebook post. You're scamming and cheating poor people who are, who are just hoping to make a little small change in their life to just bring some relief from all the stress and everything that we deal with. You're, you're taking them and you're making them believe that, that it was something that they did wrong. Like maybe they made the wrong call. So they'll go home and they'll question it and they'll stress about it. And then it'll fuel their addiction even more. So they'll come back and give you more money because they believe it's real. You did a good job of making it real. Nah, that, that, that's such a terrible thing to do to a person. And I've been on, on the shit end of a poker addiction. It's one of the things that's been reoccurring and something I've suffered through throughout my life, you know, and I know how that feels. And I just didn't want for one night. I just wanted, wanted to change. So I, that was my way of, of making my stamp on, on the industry and the people who exploit uh, um that out of other people and i know it's their fault for going back to the room you're absolutely right seth all your logic is undeniable and absolutely correct but But it goes back i'm sensing a theme here with the entire podcast that we're doing is the overall arching question and you can you can dictate it to being a philosophical question is do you think that you're picking the wrong battles but we'll table that one for later question number three why do you let people or why did you let that one person take eighty dollars or a stack from you because I swear to God, if I was at a poker table or at any legit anywhere, anywhere, and somebody tries to rip a hundred dollar stack for my thing, it's gonna there's gonna be a problem. So why did you allow somebody to do that to you? Well, because I was I was in there then at that time. Uh, I'm just hey, um, I didn't hashtag. I did. I don't give a fuck. Like I have a like if this is a legit table, if this is a legit area, going back to like why did you go back? But if you're in a place, if you're in a professional business or if you're in a place and you have $500 in front of you or whatever the amount is and somebody takes a $100 stack from you, 
I'm fucking ripping their arm off. Thank you. Well, he did. He did it in such a way that was so quick. What? What? The reason why I didn't say anything. It was more important for me to look down and notice it, and let them know that I saw it, and I'm still sitting here. You know, I was yeah. like, I don't care. I know what's going on. I'm not going nowhere. I want to make you as uncomfortable and feel under pressure and feel all that shit that you're making all these other guys feel. You're going to feel it right now because I, I can tell they're all breathing heavy. You can see the fear in their eyes. They're starting to shake like, oh, shit, this motherfucker knows, but he, he hasn't left. Like, why the fuck are you still here? What are you doing at this table? If you know it's a scam, why aren't you getting up? Everyone's normal logic. The, the decision that everyone would normally make, the, the, you would grab that stack in, in, in any regular casino. Oh, I absolutely would too. You know, fucking, yeah. But this was kind of a different scenario. I didn't really know it like that. And I was afraid that if I did do that, that um, it wouldn't send across the message that I wanted to, to leave them with when I did leave, um, as well as I might get shot. And I wanted uh, to give Coach and the other guy they were trying to work with stacked up nicely. One guy was a shark. One guy was just an old coach who liked playing poker. Um, but I wanted to give them a chance to see it on their own without having to be told. I, I felt like they, they, I felt like they realized it at that point after they saw what I did. They're like, holy shit, this shit is rigged. And they got a chance to walk out uh, as well. So let me tell you, anything. let me tell you with experience that if a poker game is rigged, you're not walking out with there with money. You're that's not going to happen. So if you if you have a, if you've identified three people that are like you, coach, and you know whoever X are people that you believe are not part of the scam or the rig or the whatever the case is, you're not walking out there with money. Yeah. What what possible so. From the devil's advocate position, what possible thing do they have to gain from getting no money and actually negative amounts of money from you in three consecutive trips? Uh, because uh, it makes their business seem legit. Uh, I'm already they've, they've already. Uh, Why would they care? They can work me, and I'm a target. No, you're because, not. A, you're obviously not a target. No, you're obviously not a no, target no, because no, you've no. walked out profitable. At least from the recollection of the last hour and a half that I've listened to, you're you're well, not a target because you've walked out profitable at least two of the three times that you've gone for the whatever well, amount of times. So starting that kind of business, you got to make it. Look, you're, you understand? You, no, uh, no, 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 no. You're, you're, you're talking. You're talking conspiracy theory. You're talking interdimensional vampires and interdimensional child molesters. You're, you're assigning too much complexity and responsibility to an agency that is more... If I know anything, and I've been a part of this, like, this has happened. I've been to a poker game where shit is... It's not gone... Like, shit went south. If you listen to one of the previous podcasts, when I went to... Uh, mm -hmm. it, was, it was a Simple Man. Listen to the Simple Man podcast. If you... Oh, no, I heard. Yes. So I've been a part of that game. You don't go back to those games, but they're very direct in the way that they play this game. You get dealt pocket kings, and all of a sudden, two people call you all in, or somebody pops you, yeah. and somebody four-bets you, and then you have pocket kings, and obviously you have no choice. If you're going under the fundamental theorem of poker, you have no choice but to make a play. You make that play. You get two or three callers, and two or three callers run you down. So were you—I mean, yeah. the way you're talking, if you walk out of there with—you walked out of there with money, right? So that is not what yes. you, you you took money from the table, yes? Absolutely. It's not a rig Except game. For one time. It is not a rig game. Uh, it is not a rig no, game. No, 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 no. Negative shipmate. No, you're, it's not a rig game. Yeah, you you are, you are not there. 
hundred percent. No idea what you're talking but, about. You're you're being presumptive no. over a situation that that, that might might be. I listened to, but it, I listened to you for ninety minutes. Like I, I know exactly I what I'm talking about. About uh, the the uh, probably the fifth time I'd been there when I sat next to that chick, the one who sat next to me in the tournament. Because I, I, I didn't realize it until that point. Before then, I thought it might be happening, but it, like I said, it, it didn't. It didn't occur to me that it really was. I was like, I probably just did a dumb, dumb play. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I asked him about it. I went to the owner about it, who I thought was legit, and he said, I looked into it, man. Look, we didn't find nothing. And then when I went back to the tournaments, the director was actually there. They're using different cards. It's like, hey, look, we're taking steps. You know, like like they actually listened to me. So it, it seemed believable. You know, so I was like, okay, cool. All right, well, maybe I was just full of shit. And then, then I saw all the things that was going on. The uh, uh, floor manager who makes the calls on the table, um, going over and uh, um, stacking this one dude and handing him cash, and going up to uh, the uh, the the cage and handing him cash. You know what I'm saying? Like through the cage. Like you can tell he's staking this guy. And then when he gets chips stacked up, he'll go over there and just start stacking up more and let them buy in for more than what people have on the table, which is against the rules. You know, and and there's rules in the in the house where if you flop your cards over and any of the cards touch any of the uh, flop turn or river cards, your hand's immediately dead. Doesn't matter, even if you're all in, your hand's immediately dead and it gets shoved the other way. They took like 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 uh, six hundred something dollars off a guy just because because he opened his cards like yeah I got pocket kings I've been waiting to do this my whole life show live pocket kings full and win a fucking thousand dollar pot in a cash game the moment I've been waiting for in poker and because the card touched the flop no it's his pot. We're playing eight card, uh, eight card or uh, twelve card hold'em. We get twelve cards, and you got to be our twelve stacks. And if you can go through our twelve cards and our twelve stacks and our deck decks, and not go in on the one time, because see the thing is they would deal someone like like a six three, or a seven six, um, that was off to something you would never call with, and they'd always raise it really ridiculous amount. But then when you saw the uh, the hand, they would win with something marginal, but you would have the nuts. Didn't you just say that was a rule? You said that was a rule. You said it was a rule, right? You said it was a rule. If your cards touch the the play cards or the house cards, if your cards touch the community cards, then you forfeit your hand. Did you not just say that? Yeah, absolutely. I know. Then then that's a rule. So why are you going to call a game rigged when somebody is adhering to the rules of the thing? Like, I'm not... I mean, I understand what you're trying to say, but... I've been a like I've no look Chris I'm just going to say I'm just going to tell you I'm just going to tell you I have seen a rig game personally I am speaking from experience you only walk away with the money that you don't put on the table in a rig game that's all I'm going to say right and the only advice I can give to you from that point on about the entire conversation that you just had uh with me BT dubs by yourself is that uh, don't go back. If that's how you feel about that game, why have you gone back two or three times? I'm, I, you, did you not listen to the entire story? I listened I to the entire realize. fucking story. And yes, you did realize because you were clued in very much. You you came in very adversarial. You From the yeah. moment, the very moment, you've, you've played at least two tournament matches with that, and you got a bad feeling on the first tournament match that you went to. You played a cash game after your first tournament win, and you won, right? You split a pot after your first tournament match, and you pl- and you played a uh, you played a tournament game after that, and then you or you played a cash game after that, and I think you took home money from that cash game, and you had a bad feeling mm-hmm. after that first time, 
if I were you, if I got a bad feeling from that first time, I would not go back. No, no, I, I, I am part of like I'm going to a German poker club and I continue to go back because there's no bad feelings. I got no bad vibes. But I guarantee I guarantee goddamn to you if I got a bad vibe from that uh, the poker club that I went to, I would not go back. And they're not they're not they're not giving me money. They're not do they, they just have bad strategy. That's 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 their game. That's what their thing is. They have bad strategy. I guarantee you, if the game was rigged or if people were colluding against you, which very well, very well, collusion is a very big part of the game. That shit happens all the time. Yeah. There may be a group of five or six or seven or eight players that sit down at the table and you're in a room with like five tables and three of them or five of them or seven of them or eight of them get together in a room and do whatever. And they're not really playing against each other. They're playing against you, right? That very well may be the the game that's at the game that is afoot. That doesn't mean it's a rigged it, it's a rigged game against you. Yes, doesn't mean it's a rigged uh, a rigged room. Whatever the case is, that just means that there's a bunch of people sitting down playing against you, not against each other. That ha that shit happens all the time at cash games. All the time happens at tournaments. All the time it happens. But there's no reason why I don't understand why you're. Why you're having that, like... You don't, you don't believe me. You don't believe me, so you're responding with logic. I get it. It's cool. You weren't there. You don't have to believe me. That's on you. I don't need anyone to believe it. I don't need anyone to tell me it's okay and to give me that little rest, rest assurance. You can argue and dismiss and, and point to all the things you will, and whatever works for you works for you, but I know what was happening. You know, when you're, when you're a shitty person and you're a schemer and you've done fucked up things, you learn how to hide shit. You're not always doing it at every table. You're not always doing it every night. Of course, you would never get anybody to come back and people would pick up on it. So you only do it a few times. I just happened to be uh, caught in a bad situation. The, 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 the days I was going was on those couple nights, couple little periods during the month when they, they rape people like fucking crazy. Then they go sit down, put some of their own money out, lose it, win it, whatever, play some real cards and everything's legit for, for a little while. And then it goes back to that. But the, but the reason why... Uh, the scam works is because there's nights that it is legit. I was playing at a period where they needed to stack their money up to pay their uh, employees, etc. Because I, because there's more, there's a lot more to this that you don't see. Because the reason why I started to to, to figure out they were lying to me and things didn't start to make sense is because um, I was looking at the business model. I'm like, no one's ever really buying food. You're not required to tip the dealer. You're only paying seven dollars for an hour. There's only ever two gift men tables at one time. And once again, you know, you're getting a little bit too you're getting a little bit too complex. You're getting a little bit too complex. You're having to pay three dealers. It don't make sense. But I didn't realize it from night fucking one. That's fine. That's goddamn hard. The smartest fucking dude in the goddamn universe. You know what I'm saying? You're being dismissive, and to me, it's real disrespectful because I know what was happening. That's like, fine. I'm not, hey, I'm not discounting your whole thing. What I'm the real thing I'm doing the real the real the real crux of the issue that I'm trying to address is why, if you realized all these things, why did you return to the bugger table the second and the third time? Like, well, I, I, I kind of understand the second time, but I don't get the third time. I needed, to, I needed to talk about these things for me. That's why I don't want to talk about But why about did you go back the third time? I told you why. I just told you why. I just told you why, because I wanted to catch them at their own fucking game and say, fuck you and walk out. So once again, do, do you think that you're picking the once again, I'll go back to my, I'll go, I'll go back to my thesis. Do you think that you're picking the right battles? 
<laughs> okay. Absolutely. So that's that's kind of the that, that's kind of what my questioning or that's where I'm digging to at the thing. I know. Yay! You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. I wasn't there. You're right. You're right. I wasn't there. Right. I'm. I was not there. But I still like I have to take the process of a. I'm not saying a lawyer, but like an arbitrator or whatever the case is. I can only take what you're telling me. I can only listen to the my personal experiences and what you're telling me. And what I would have done is never have gone back. But your experiences, your experiences, my recommendation to you would be not to go back ever to that poker yeah. table. Or, hey, next time I visit Texas, let's go play a game. Let's go have some fun. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Maybe we can collude. At a, look, that's at a table. You need to break for a second, man. I'm sorry. Look, look. I, I maybe it's selfish of me, but I needed to to have the time to 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 say all this shit. And I know it's annoying, and I know it's probably no. you're like fuck, man. You won't shit. No, let me finish. Fuck. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just let me finish. I know you're probably sitting there like fuck, man. You sit there talking, talking. But I just I needed that time because I can't ever get anyone to to really just listen and, and just let me finish and see what I have to say. Like I understand everyone's logical points of views. And, and their uh, directions, and I'm really working on those things. I'm really trying on it, but you got to understand something. Like, I, Chris Morris, did not know, I did not have the intellectual capacity to see all these things happening around me when I was playing online poker, and then I noticed uh, um, everything that I just explained and talked about, and the, and the same thing, and it made me angry. I was angry that I was stolen from, not, not but more so that I, I, uh, um, it fueled self-pity and, and real emotional stress because I was like, shit, I, I, I have an addiction. I can't stop. And then I'm too afraid to talk to people about it. And I've been doing that for years. And then I'm just now starting to change, you know. Yeah, like, I, I think that's the thing that people are missing. And I'm, I'm sorry. I've I got to cut you off again. I'm just saying, like, like I, I, I'm just tired of the way people are being treated and exploited and uh, just and I will, shit on by, by like rich people who don't give a fuck about I will go you back, know, right. Mr. Democratic Socialist, to my main thesis. What I have realized, the main question of the crux of the thing is, do you think you're picking the right battles? And my answer, you're not picking the correct battles. You are, you're outside looking in, whatever the case is. And uh, I, will, I will caution you once again. If you go back, we're going to, like, I'm going to put this podcast together with the first one on episode 35. I'm gonna put them together, and you're gonna. There's gonna be at least a 20 minute interlude where I did not say a word, and I listened to you the entire time. Didn't walk away, didn't do no, whatever, no, and I listened. Yes, I'm and you got to. And hey, this is. And I guess what you are. You are. No, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you another point to go through because you're experiencing what I experienced in episodes one, two, and three of this podcast. It is a cathartic exercise. Yeah. It is a. It is a. It is a beautiful release. It is a. It is so wonderful to be a part of this whole like sit down and talk and have a conversation type thing because you never know what you're going to say or you never know how you're going to feel when you sit and talk in front of a microphone and you stare at a white wall or you stare at a TV or you stare at whatever and yep. just talk. If you go back all the way to episode one and episode two, yep. episode three I talk and I realize that I'm a maniac. Like I am a crazy person. Yep. I realize this. And you, this is your second time to talk to me and you're getting and I talk for 30 minutes I talk for 45 I talk for whatever and I did it in spades and I've gone through and I've done this for this is my 35th or 34th time to do this yeah and you've you've bunched in basically two or three episodes in one conversation and now you're realizing well, yeah. that 
the conversation or the talk or just talking into a wall where nobody's talking to you is cathartic in and of itself. And it's a release and it, it helps you formulate your thoughts much better. And you really never do this and you really never think about how to do this. And that's the thing I've realized about this. And that's why I love doing this so much. I love talking into a wall. I love reaching out to people. I love doing whatever because I didn't realize how cool this was until I did it. And you're now, you are now realizing, because you don't do this yourself, right? You don't have a podcast? No? Mm-mm. Yeah. Now, now you are realizing because you did this for, we did this for about 30 minutes to an hour the first time we did it. Yeah. And now this is, yeah. this is hour number two and a half into this one. And yeah, you're realizing, you're realizing now how cool this is because you were able to like, bleh, all of your thoughts into a, into the ether. Not and now it's going to be but much cooler when you go back and listen to it. And you're going to listen to it like five times. And you're going to go back and you're going to be like, oh, shit. Fuck. God damn it. Son maybe, of a bitch. Maybe I'll do some reevaluation, but this is you projecting yourself on me. This is what you think. And you're projecting it as an absolute in my life, which is not true. What I needed to do may not have been right for you or anybody else in this world, but me doing that made that <sighs> it was the right decision. Of course. Right decision. No, 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 no. No, because no, I, I was there. I was there two months ago. It, I'm not, uh, I don't think I'm wrong in that assessment. I really don't. So you said, uh, you, you said a name, you said a name. What, what was that all about? A name? What name? Uh, JS. Juliet Sierra. Oh, did I say hand? Oh yeah. Sorry. So I'll wrap it up quick. I'm sorry, man. Like, uh, uh, I made that post on Facebook. Shane called me, I asked if I was okay. It was what's going on. And I was like, hey, man, you know, like, and I explained to him in a short version. I was like, you know, I'm just tired of the way people just shit on everybody and just walk away and think it's okay and nothing happens. You know, like, like I'm, I'm tired of letting people do that to me. I just needed to, to, to vent a little bit. And I'm, I'm tired of, I'm tired of people doing that. You know, if it happens in my area, I feel like it, it's, I want, I want it to be part of my character to stand up and do something about it, even if it costs me more than, more than it should. I know that's very irrational. I know that, that wouldn't make sense to other people, and that seems like a very dumb decision. But for me and my personal sanity, it, it, it was a good thing, and I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful that I was finally able to step up in a couple situations that, that were going to cost me, you know, uh, I guess this last one, up to my life. Um, but, you know, in the other one, my job, you know, not, not for my character anymore. I'm, I'm tired of being a shitty person, you know. Even if it's something big, let's go. Let's go head first, man. Let's go in, you know. And I'll come out on the other side, and I'll be better. I know I will be. I know I'll be stronger for it, you know? Like, there's a lot of good things that are going to come from all this stuff. But, uh, like, I'm sorry for being so tense, you know? I'm, I am upset. But, hey, you know, look. I'm, I'm not, so, not going to let someone tell me that these things didn't happen, and I was just making it all up, and I'm delusional when I know what I saw. Like, I'm not a fool. Like, And, hey, and I get why you would say that, you know? But so I'm just look. saying, like... You have to be able to defend your positions. If you're going to say something, you have to be able to defend it. That's all I'm saying. And all this this other stuff at me. Oh, i got to close the garage door again. Stop doing that shit. But all right. But anyway, but yeah, like like that. that's for Seth Farms, and that's what you want me to get out of it, and I'm thankful for it. And I'll, and I'll get to that and address it, but not today. You know, I'm sorry that I'm being dismissive and rude, but that's not what I needed. What I, Chris Morris, needed today was to be able to talk to my fucking brother, which that's, you know, you, how you like the podcast format. I like it too, because remember I told you on Facebook, you know, that I like, fuck man, I finally get to talk to my brother about some shit. And I've been waiting to talk to you about this shit my whole life. So for me, it's really intense and fucking awesome. And it matters to me that you're listening. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's important to me that you're listening. 
You know, I don't give a fuck if it was just some random passerby. Like, you're more important to me than uh, a lot of things, even though I may not show it all the time. You know, but, but your opinion and uh, just being able to chill and be a bro with my brother Seth is fucking something I've been missing for a long goddamn time. That's why I like the podcast, too, because I'm like, fuck, I actually get to listen to my brother talk about shit and see what he thinks. And it's like fucking, like I told you, like being kids again, you know, and I fucking, I miss that, man. It's like that shit fucked with me. I, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't use logic and get myself out of the situation, make the right choice and, and build myself up uh, without fucking it up again before I got to the top, you know. Like, I'm glad you made it over that hump, but I just never did, bro. You know, and I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to, to, to battle my demons, and I'm not trying to be a victim and excuse and all those things. But I'm not at the point that you are. You know, and I think, like, it's, it, it, it deals a lot with the things you're talking about, like with Abigail. You say you treat Abigail like a 30-year-old. You're, you're kind of doing the same thing to me there. You're like, Chris, look, you're just dumb. You're doing this, 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 and you're making it up. And everything that you have in your life goes back to logic. Like, sometimes things aren't going to be logical, and you still got to go forward. And I know that no, you know things... that in your own way, but... Like, Live I'm long and prosper. Like, like, things are always logical. You don't need to create. You do not need to create situations that do not exist. I'm not saying it like I'm just trying to say if you need to worry about you, you don't need to worry about everybody else. If there's a situation, if you're walking into us, if you are continually walking into a situation that you believe is bad, like it's like going back to an ex-girlfriend that has a problem with whatever it's going on. You don't need to do that. You just need to your your audio is getting horrific. Uh, you need to just kind of stay away from that situation. So kind of the, 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 the two problems I have with your, like I understand the poker thing. I got you. And you needed to do it. And that's just your perspective on the world. And that's how you believe it is. I'm not going to get you and you're not going to get me when it comes to that. And the two thing uh-huh. is, if I were you, I would have not gone back maybe this, the third time. Uh-huh. And then I would ask myself, am I really thinking Am I picking the right battles? And mm-hmm. that's that's what I, that's me. That and that's the only way I can that's the only way I can listen to your story is that I, that I listen to your story. I understand your story, but then I have to insert myself into that situation and understand and say, hey, how what would I do in that situation? That's why I, when I watch the news or I listen to this political commentary on whatever or I listen to all the socialism bullshit that goes on, like I don't understand it because I would put myself in that situation and be like. In what in what world would I agree to this, or what in what world would I be there and do that whole thing, or in what world would I would I be in their shoes, right? And when mm-hmm. I listen when I listen to your story, the two things are: is why did I go back? Like, so it's not Chris Morris anymore; it's me. Why did I go back the third time? I would never have gone back mm-hmm. if that's how I fe- if that's how I truly felt about the situation. I would have never had gone back, right? And then. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thesis or the crux of the situation right. is why am I picking those battles? And then I, I totally get why you 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 walked away from the uh, Tupsies situation. I think I would have done very much a similar thing. I don't think I would have tried to have told Mister Tupsie himself like, hey, this is what you're doing, this that and the other. You're all fucked up. If he has a personal issue or he can't manage people or he fails at that, fuck you. I'm gone. It's it's done. I'm I'm out of there. So I, I'm not yeah. trying. I'm not trying to repair him. I'm just gonna walk away from mm-hmm. that situation and go to the next thing. So that's that's yep. how I inter, inter, interject or or do whatever. So, mm-hmm. I think uh, for for me though, like because because I, I think you were you were definitely a lot straighter than I was. You, you weren't like really kind people. You were shoot straighter. You didn't really lie to people. That's was probably about little shit, you know. But like I was quite the opposite. You know, I lied to people about big shit. You know, like I didn't tell mom like I was smoking pot for like 
four years because I was so scared. I was like, fuck, she's going to think I'm a drug addict, drug addict and a piece of shit. And yeah, I, I really got to address the whole what people think about everything, you know? But that, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is all part of it. You know, like, I'm starting to give a fuck less and I'm starting to grow. Yeah. You know, like, as I was telling hey, some you, people, know, some it, people it, do it at cool. four. Some people you know? do it at 14. Some people do it at 35. Like, it's not, a, it, it is what it is, right? And like, yeah. like I said way back in the beginning, you had twice as you had twice as hard a situation because all the mm-hmm. shit I listen to and all the shit I deal with, it kind of is a. I kind of I kind of grew up without a. Uh, I didn't have yeah, a male, yeah. I didn't have a male father figure, and I didn't accept anybody as a male father figure, and until Uncle Les, and then I walked away from that mm-hmm. too because this whole shit with Linda, right? So yeah. So Uncle Les was my was my father figure growing up, and he was two hundred miles away, whatever, blah 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 blah. I didn't have that whole thing that you had when it came to you had a father figure that, you know, said, go fuck off, mm-hmm. right? Move to another state. Absolutely. I don't want anything to deal with you. Blah, blah, blah. Go away. Like you had that situation. I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So you are doubly. So it makes kind of sense that you didn't figure it out until or you're not working to figure it out until later in your life or doing mm-hmm. whatever. And it's a big thing. Like. It's uh, very important yeah, to have. It's, it's exciting to me. Yeah, 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 which is awesome, right? And go back into the other thing is that you didn't have this avenue. And that's why I said earlier with the podcast, you didn't have this avenue to sit and talk. And then, like I said, I did this two months ago where episode three, I was sitting there and I was like, Jesus Christ, I'm a fucking maniac. I'm nuts. I'm mm-hmm. insane. Like, why am I saying these stupid things that I'm saying? <laughs> try yeah, it. Try it. Try sitting in a fuck. Oh, no, try staring that, at a wall. Look, try staring sorry, at a wall. Try staring at no. Stop! 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 Try staring at a wall. I'll shut up. I just need two seconds. Fuck off. I think we share a common problem that we're really hard on ourselves. We're really, really self-critical. Like when we do something wrong, it's a little worse than when someone else does does that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, do you ever get that feeling like you're a little hard on yourself? Like, because I see you as like really a perfectionist. Like, I feel like I have a lot of that mindset as well. Try hard on ourselves. Try talking to a wall. Try talking to a wall for 45 minutes about something important. Just try it. See uh, where your mind goes. Yeah, no. Do it Do it to a microphone and then release it to the ether and don't give a fuck about it. Try that. Absolutely. I think, I, that's, I think that's what a lot of this is. is, is uh, I, was, I was afraid to address and, and uh, uh, say things because of just minute reasons that I've already talked about that I won't go back into, you know. And this has been a beautiful experience for me, you know. Like I'm, I'm thankful, you know. Okay. Uh, I have, I've, I've talked about this with, with other people, and you know, I, I sought, sought their advice. You know, everyone's like, stay away, stay away, stay away. But for me, that's that's a battle that I wanted to win, and I, I, I just, I didn't care what it cost me. You know, I wanted you to know that I knew, and that even though the odds were stacked against me, I took your money f- uh, from you and your scheme, and then I, I played it off like a champ and i tip the money right back to you i want your fucking money it's you know? it's your world we just it live in nice. it all right brother i'm gonna put some music good. i'm gonna put some music on this thing i'm gonna i'm gonna pile it up with episode 35 and reissue it uh going down so that's how it's gonna go down will you do me a favor uh because this one got kind of hostile and a little bit uh um heated keep it separate but uh can i do the the jerry springer final thought i know it'll probably take you 10 minutes if you want to Go to the kitchen and make yourself a drink and fucking de-stress from me fucking with your brain. Go ahead. But, yeah, like final thought would be nice because, like I said, I just want to formulate everything. Because I, I, I told you before this, you know, like, and I'm sure I pissed you off. And I know you're, what, you, what you're doing you think is in my best interest, and I'm sure that it is. But 
today at this point in my my cathartic moment, as you would refer to it, I'm not ready to receive that. So give me time and patience and the grace to to be able to take what you're telling me in spurts that I can actually handle in my current state, and I'm going to take it and grow. Because I see your the success in your life and the things that you do and the way that you live, and I see the benefits of it. And I'm thankful for that. So I know I can take your advice to the bank. But okay. All right. I hey, need it I'm going to – And I need to, to deal with some shit, you know, uh, like uh, just give me, give me that grace. Uh, Seth, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Don't treat me like a 30-year-old uh, adult. Like you okay. Should have a, a Hold on. <laughs> All right. Hey, folks. Bye-bye. See you later. This is the end of mine, and then we're going to go into Chris Morris's final thoughts. Stand by. <laughs> I appreciate the conversation. I'm sure everyone's going to have their own thoughts and opinions on everything. You know, my brother's definitely taught to his opinion, and I appreciate this, appreciate his thoughts, you know. But, you know, that's one thing that I'm finding common with people like my brother and other people in this world. Like, And, and I get it. I mean, it, it takes a lot of patience to deal with someone who's frantic and is fucked up and, you know, has the, the kind of problems that I have, I guess, you know. It's kind of a shout-out to the world, you know. But um, because of the way I've lived and uh, – types of experiences that I've had, you know, I'm able to see a lot more things than people like my brother can see because they really haven't lived on the bad end of it. You know, they, they don't know what it's like to suffer uh, from uh, the kind of things in my shell, even though they have their own struggles, you know. So a lot of my heat, a lot of my anger, you know, came from being interrupted. But for me, like, it's, it's just hard to express, you know, my uh, anger and dismay uh, in this world about the things that I'm talking about. And for people to minimize those issues and to treat them like, well, you know, it's, it's their house. They can do what they want. Well, you know, it's his business. He can do what you want. Who are you to tell him what he can do, et cetera, because of all the status quo and uh, proper etiquette, et cetera, which, uh, by the way, I completely understand and it's definitely necessary, and I do understand the value in that. You know, um, People never break from the rhythm because they always need an answer, and that's self-affirmation because nobody likes to not know the answer. Nobody wants to feel unconfident uh, when they speak 
or, uh, you know, but, and it take, definitely takes a man to, to admit when you're wrong, et cetera. But, you know, um, even though it might be the right decision, um, like my brother said, to, to walk out and never come back for, for me and my show, I needed to be there and I was, I was happy for it. And I really grew as a person. And I think that, uh, if more people were willing to, to fucking go outside the comfort zone, even if it cost them something dearly, um, and really, really step up. I think you'll find out what you're made of and what you're actually capable of. You don't actually have to take the safe route. Sometimes your situation, whether it's kids or life in general, may dictate that. But you really can make your own choice and make your own way. You know, for the longest time in my life, because of the way I was treated and, and uh, everything that I dealt with and went through, all the abuse. Um, and, and as I mentioned, as always, you know, um, I have to humble myself. Not that I was perfect either, but it really fucked me up. You know, a lot of things that my brother sees, like like he was talking about, that are easily identifiable to him, identifiable to him, never occurred to me. I never saw it as an issue. You know, I never saw it as 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 a reality. And if you can't see something, then of course you're going to live like it's not there. And I understand your eyes get open to certain things like that, but um, yeah, like I I just had enough. You know, like. Being in a corner, just being treated the way I was treated, you know, people scamming me at, at the at the worst time in my life they possibly could, like they've been doing, to try to break me, and I see them doing it to other people, and that's another thing that that I want to express as well, you know, um, I understand that what I deliver and say might as an absolute truth, you know, people may argue against and it may not work for them, but I have a lot of experience with trauma. I have a lot of experience with observation of people. I understand, you know, a lot of things, even though I've probably said this like 12 times, and this is what I need. I just needed to rant. I need to be able to just let it go, have my cathartic brotherly experience, but also it's more of a message to the world, you know, like what I'm trying to do for myself is I want to develop my character to be a person who won't tolerate this, you know. I want to be a person who will stand up for the, the poor guy who's getting fucked and has no voice anymore. And just has to pay his taxes and work a dead-end job for the rest of his life just so he can have a few moments of joy and um, peace, you know, and to feel safe. You know, I don't want to feel safe anymore. I want to live. I don't, I don't want to just make it through my day. And that's what I was doing for, for my entire life. I was just trying to make it through the day. I, I don't want to do that. I want to live. And for me, that's gonna, it's going to take a lot because, you know, my conscience and my knowledge demands a lot more of me than most people. And it's a really tough reality to live with. So I've been running from it for a long time and I'm trying to steadily grow into that and be the Chris Morris that I know I can, I can be at my best, you know, and that's going to fuck with a lot of people, which means it's going to be a rough, rough time for me too in the future. So definitely got to get a bigger spine and, and, uh, um, you know, grow up, but I'm tired of people being lied to and cheated right in front of their face. And then someone goes home thinking that it's okay, you know, like, like if, if I can do something about it, I'm not going to allow it anymore. You know, you don't need to be cheating and, and scheming people if you are out there, you know, like, like we're better than that. It's, it's just time for it to stop. I see it happening everywhere. You know, like for me, that was the biggest thing, you know, I wanted to relate my philosophy uh, and what I learned about poker, you know, um, when you're making the same mistakes on a poker table, um, oftentimes that might be something you, you can identify in your real life as well. You know, um, if you find yourself in a, in a hamster wheel pattern, consistently making the same mistakes, 
you know, it's 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 time to start 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 changing those things and actually taking notes and then putting them in application, as my brother was saying. Which I can see why it creates some frustration because he's a very intelligent person. So everything in his life revolves around logic. But um, I found out though that when I applied those changes and I put them on the table, I started to see a lot more success. And then in the situations where I would lose, and uh, prior to that, prior to the point of as of recent, um, it would affect me emotionally. It was just another day, and I was able to kick my feet up and move on. As to where in some cases it would break me in other situations. You know, so I was thankful for the experience. You know, I was really thankful for the the enjoyment that I had. And I found out that I'm really not a bad poker player, and, and I, I feel like I uh, not that I'm a ma- I'm a master for Chris Morse. I have mastered uh, the game of poker and understand um, you know the flaws that I was making to make my own game better, and you know do what works for me. And I'm 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 a shark now. I really am. It's nice to be a poker shark, and you don't need affirmation from other people to to be successful, you know. Like I was saying earlier with Jordan Peterson, you know, how, how a little bit of encouragement can go a long way. Like, don't be like my brother. And, all right, let's point out all the wrong flaws and let's use logic to point to this, 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 and this, and X flaws and X this and X that, you know. Like, you do it to get in the shoes, you know. Ah. Man, it's, it's just, it's been a weird, weird time for me. It really has. And I'm thankful for the experience. I truly am. Hang on, roommate's coming in. Pause. Edit. <laughs> One sec. No pauses, no edits, fag. <laughs> You're hey, Corey, you want to say hi on the podcast? My brother's been dealing with me for the past three hours. Hey. <laughs> He's like, hey. You remember Seth? Are you, did you ever meet Corey? Oh, yeah. Corey says he's met you before. Is that the dude that blows a bunch of dudes? Uh, I hope not. I mean, if that's what he does his first time, that's up to him. But not Corey. Corey's kind of a pit, man. He pulls bitches. He can have a new one over every night if he really wanted to. He just, you know, he's, he's right. getting older and he didn't. That's, that's the end of the but, old uh, podcast, Chris. I didn't get a chance my thought, man. But anyway, who gives a fuck? Whatever. Later, bro. Love you, man. Love you too, bro. All right, man. Bye.